Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, it's good to be back beside you, man. How are you doing? No, I'm happy to be back. It's been like a month now, I think. I think so, yeah. It's been four weeks, so yeah, it's good to be in the same room as well, so hopefully the quality is spectacular. Outstanding, uh, impeccable. Hanging up rugs. Behind me, I got a Scooby rug. Yeah. So hopefully that dampens all of the echoes. Yeah, you never know being in the same room with these uh, very sensitive microphones, the the Blue Yetis. You just never know what to expect. But uh, we're improvising. We're hoping it works. Uh, but even if it doesn't, we're, we're putting this out there on the interwebs regardless. Yeah, it's been too long since we've talked to you guys, you fine folks. Oh, you beautiful people out there. Yeah, we definitely have a... What's uh, up, you beautiful bastards? Yeah. <laughs> Philip Franco. Who is that? You've never seen Philip DeFranco? He's been around on YouTube for like 15 years at this point. If it's not Pete Thor, I'm not pressing play, all right? That's, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I won't fault you for that then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do have a fun agenda today, keeping it relatively chill, giving a little update on the, the Otaku Brothers March Madness bracket, of course. And uh, we've got a lot of games that I've been playing. I know, I know Ryan wants to talk about some Monster Hunter. I've got at least three games. That I have not beaten. All right. All right. Good stuff. Um, So we got that to talk about. And then we got some listener questions. We had a backlog of questions out there on our Discord. So if you're not there in the Discord, you want to be part of a really fun community that's all about chilling, hanging out, and just talking about all the good stuff, hit the little link in the show notes and join the fun. But we got some questions from all of the fine people over there that we're going to get to. And then at the very tail end of the show, as we close things out, Ryan and I have been hard working in the trenches, after hours, thinking about some new segment ideas, things that we can bring to the show to kind of just mix things up a bit. You know, we, yep. we do the games we've been playing recently segments. We do we do the top 10 lists every now and again. But what can we do to kind of jazz things up a bit, you know, especially when we bring guests on? And I think these these segments that we're bringing to the table um, are very conducive to they're very guest friendly. Yeah, coming off the three episodes of The Bracket, they should spice it up. I think so. So I'm pretty pumped, but uh, tell the good people, Ryan, how you been doing? I've been good. Yeah, it's, well, it's fucking sleeted this week (laughs) and snowed six inches and now it's sunny and 60, so the weather has no idea what it's doing. I'm enjoying the sunlight here in the fine state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's given me a good excuse to go outside and listen to Aragon. Which I am powering through. Oh hell yeah! You told yeah you were so uh, you got some audiobooks going on. Yes, and I have no idea how Audible works. Um, it, I think it, it, it's based on like tokens or credits or something that you buy a book, and I think depending on the level of subscription, you get like one token and then you can buy tokens. Mm, okay. But I want to buy all four of the books, so I have them. I can download them and listen to them whenever. Um, but I, I don't have that option. I want to give them money, but they won't let me give them money. Christopher Poloni needs those royalty meetings. He does. Royalties, All, yeah. He's what, like 30 now? He, <laughs> he was like 12 he, when he wrote those yeah, books. I know. So. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it's the first book right now is a clear ripoff of Star Wars Episode Four. A New Hope? Really? Yeah. I mean, there's this dude named Brom, and he's basically Obi-Wan Kenobi, the sage character mm. that's teaching young Luke Skywalker, who has this power 
and the dragon's his lightsaber and the force, and they're going on an adventure because people are after them. I heard the movie was just freaking terrible. It, yeah, I was trying to watch a retrospective on seeing why it's awful, but yeah, it just didn't take off. The I Avatar heard- Last Airbender still way worse. Oh, of course. Which I watched yeah. something on that, and holy crap. Yeah. It was really bad. Come on, M. Night Shyamalan. Stick to horror movies, all right? My goodness. They set up a sequel. That definitely didn't happen because it's like 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ugh. Gross. Yeah, but it, it's been good. Just lots of uh, air gone. What about you? That's good. I'm glad to hear that you're getting into books because that's something that I need to get better at. I just can't read. Uh, I can read. I just can't <laughs> I read illiterate. for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, what... I think the last time I read, besides like for work stuff, mm-hmm. um, was when like on my way to Japan. Like I had started Aragon and got like 150 pages in the physical copy, but I just can't sit down and read. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. A, excuse me, attention span. Yeah, I'm with you. Definitely after college, I just didn't really have much of an interest in books. Well, yeah. after the CPA exam, I didn't have an interest in opening a book ever. Really. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I would definitely like to get more into some manga stuff. Uh, I have a boatload of comics over here that I really haven't gotten into or even picked up in, I can't even tell you how long. Big, big, big fan of the Adventures of Tintin series. Um, just a great comic strip if you haven't if you haven't read those. And then, of course, Peter Jackson ended up directing that um, strange animated film that's uh, actually a really good time. But, yes, I definitely would like to get back into yeah, reading. Yeah, me too. I mean, like, I like the idea, Lauren at your old apartment when you had an apartment would read on the patio mm-hmm. and I have a patio chair now to read but I just can't read mm-hmm. without keeping my focus so whether I'm playing switch or something with the dog out on the patio I think that'd be a good time well especially now that it's warming up man just make yourself a Long Island and listen to Aragon yeah you know on the patio I've been actually using Aragon to get me more motivated to take null on long walks mm-hmm. throughout the day um, so that it's my if you're going to walk Nala you're going to get to the like walk or get to listen to Aragon. So I can't listen to any other time. But that's why I want to get audiobooks, like more audiobooks besides just the Aragon series. So say like uh Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones which I have, mm-hmm. which I can download on my phone. Or um what's his face? The scary dude from Boston. His name is Stephen King. Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the scary dude from Boston. <laughs> he lives in Maine. Yeah. That's cool. Um yeah. I I know you lent me a book that I returned without opening. Salem's Lot, dude. It's the yeah, best one. Yeah, and I, I want to listen to that shit, but, like, I can't read. Mm-hmm. You heard it here, folks. We'll I'm get you hooked on phonics 28 and I can't read. Yeah, well, I'll get you some hooked on phonics next year for Christmas. Yeah, that's what fucked me up. Like, phonics is sounded out, and then you got these PHs and these random, like, words that don't make sense. Yeah. Like, bow and bow. They're the same spelling. Pronounced completely different. English language is tough, Read man. and read. It is very difficult to learn. Yeah. So. But, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, what about you? How's your month? Uh, it's just been filled with house stuff, dude. Like, yeah. I am just mentally and emotionally spent right now because work has just been kicking my ass, too. Yeah. And so, in the past month, we've had six trees removed from our backyard. Yes. Which that's Was not- that within the time period that we were sabbaticaling no we we talked about on the podcast okay i think the last episode we recorded it was that week prior that that we had that work done okay so we had the six trees removed earlier this week we had our radon fan replaced oh we also had a lot of gutters that either were not on our house that needed to be there so we got those replaced we had some rotting wood on the side of our house that we needed touched up so we got that done 
we have this significant gap in our driveway from the driveway itself leading into the garage. So next week we're getting that touched up and the, how are they fixing that? uh, They're basically filling it in with more cement or whatever. Okay. Um, Like a ramp or something. mm -hmm. And then the, uh, the, the sidewalk coming up to the actual front door of our house, there's also a significant gap mm-hmm. there. It's just a trip hazard. Yeah. And so they're going to fix that up as well. And then we have to do a bunch of yard work to kind of grade it because right now it just, be, when it rains heavily, there's just a swamp in our backyard because there isn't a natural slope of uh, dirt or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're, how much dirt are you getting? I don't know. Um, but My dad would tell you to get as much as you can to like minimize the fixed cost over more yards. Yeah, but I'm don't familiar be stupid. with <laughs> Don't get like three dump trucks. Accounting. But um, yeah, no, we'll figure it out. But yeah, it's just been a lot of stuff going on that doing all that kind of craziness. Um, so fortunately, no, well, actually a little story time. So a couple weeks back, uh, I was over at my dad's place hanging out with him. And then I uh, had to go to the grocery store. And it was like a Friday night. I went over to his place, had a beer or two, went to the grocery store. And I had a grocery list of things that I needed to get, but the grocery store near us is like freaking gargantuan huge. And so you can never find anything. And the last thing I needed was peanut butter. Okay. And so I'm standing there in the middle of the aisle. It's like 745 at night. And I'm like, where the heck is peanut butter? And it was like the clouds parted. Doves were flying in the store. And this lady came over to me and she's like, sir, do you need the vaccine? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yes actually i do and she's like right this way (laughs) she didn't actually say that but she said that at eight o'clock i have to throw it away we only have one dose left oh nice and i'm like all right sweet let's do this and so we were walking back in the store and she's like yeah i'll take it back if you need some gatorade or anything just let me know if you're feeling wheezy i was half expecting dave Grohl to be in the back with acoustic guitar ready to play me a song and serenade me like it, it was crazy how all of this just kind of magically came into place because there's people that are driving three hours north and south trying to get the vaccine yeah. or they're calling in uh, to get an appointment and it's nearly impossible. Uh, plus, I'm not really in the age demographic that's a priority necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to get that first shot of the Moderna vaccine and then I'll get the second one next Friday. So I'm fully expecting to kind of get knocked out for at least a day or two. Yeah. And so my plan is to take the following week off of work. The entire week? Yeah, whole week. Nice. I need it. Yeah, I I absolutely need to not only treat myself, but self-love myself and Mm, just take some time off to rest, relax, recharge the mental batteries. You know what I'm saying? Good Good for you. Did you end up getting the peanut butter? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. uh, So I went back and to fill out some paperwork and I called Lauren and I was like, I'm going to get the vaccine tonight. And she's like, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because she had scheduled hers, but it was obviously uh, an effort and a half for her to get yeah. an appointment. And so I was like, yeah, you know, the nurse was just said, uh, you know, come on back or whatever. And um, but I told her the story that I was looking for peanut butter. And of course, the last thing Lauren tells me is like, don't you dare come home without peanut butter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, it's important. Yeah. So, yes, the moral of the story, not only did I get the vaccine, I got the damn peanut butter. Good. So. Happy ending. Exactly. Yeah, I still have yet to get them. Um, I know my mom and Alex are sending me links. Because um, Alex I, is a friend of ours that works in a hospital. Is a nurse. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'm, since I have the ear infection and I don't want to 
I have a compromised immune system right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get it until so. My goal is to get it next week. Nice. Yeah. There's up, openings man. now around us, so then we can start licking That's, street signs again. And God, I can't wait. Just mm. all the railing, just <laughs> rim job. Oh man, it's gonna be great. Can't wait. Yeah, all the traveling. Uh, but yeah, that's been about it for me. Uh, again, work was tough, so I'm just looking forward to taking a week off to recover from the vaccine if it hits me hard, and then just playing the heck out of some good video games. Very nice. Because we got some uh, recent video game uh, releases. Yes, we did. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to pumping some serious hours into those. But Ryan, we do have some business to take care of. Yes, we do. So... The past few episodes, you know, Ryan and I kind of hyped up this Otaku Brothers March Madness bracket. We spent umpteen hours putting it together, 64 characters, four separate companies, and then we were like, let's just up the ante even more where they fight on 10 distinct different locations, (laughs) and then they have to suit up with different armor sets, and they have to get weapons and grenades and fucking They each have to grind three hours to get the correct part and the correct charms in the right slots. Oh my gosh. And so... We thought this was just going to be the greatest thing ever. And you know what? I had a heck of a fun time. a ton of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun coming to the episodes and off the cuff talking through these wild scenarios and in kind of a D&D fashion because you and I both really haven't played D&D much at all. We tried once and then I actually saw Krista in in Walmart the other day. Did you? How's she doing? She's good. She's hibernating from people. But uh, I said we should like branch out and like see people for mm-hmm. once and she's like uh begrudgingly yeah we should hang out sometime when we all get vaxxed up we'll have to have a, a good game night yeah so um where the fuck was i uh we dnding fighting Ninja oh yeah Warrior bracket i'll talk about this this yeah. is the podcast Uh, Yeah, so we just, it it took a tremendous amount of energy to come to the podcast and prep and talk through all of that. We had a lot of fun. That's priority number one. And I think at a certain point, we're like, this is literally going to take at least two more episodes in like six hours of discussion if we're going to keep this same pace. So you know what? Let's let's just kind of get to the point of it all. Let's next episode, meaning this one, what's our final four? Who are the final two? And then who's going to win this thing and take this platinum trophy home? Yeah. And that was a decision we didn't make lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, we fully prepared ourselves with all of our notes to fight out Nintendo and Square Enix. But yeah, I felt like, or we felt like this would be the best option for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And then next next year, you know, because the first bracket we did was 64 games, kind of pitting them up yeah. against each other from four kind of distinct generations. And it was kind of this game versus that. And it was a little bit easier to argue, like, is Chrono Trigger a better game than Super Mario 64, in your opinion? Yeah, it was more, I don't want to say black and white, because you can still have opinions on games, but it was less gray area. Yeah. Whereas, like, characters with weapons, with abilities, based off of stages randomly chosen by us with a random number generator, it was, there was so much gray area that it made it less objective. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was very subjective. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll pick a different top. I think we have a f- one bracket idea already. I literally yeah. So I already made a bracket actually last year, uh, leading up to the pandemic, before we even really knew COVID nineteen was a concern, and it was basically all classic, really the entire history of Disney movies. Yeah. And I think we even cl- included Pixar in there. The bracket is ready to go. I did the seating based on the Rotten Tomatoes IMBD score. 
like it is ready to go but then covid happened and i think we were kind of just like uh i don't know what's happening in the world so yeah. we probably need to take some yeah. time off plus the march madness didn't even happen last year for college basketball yeah so i think we took some time no i think off. that would be a better option it's very like it's pit the movies together it's very similar to pit the games against each other yeah um yeah so we'll plan on doing that next year yeah and then for sure the following year episode 700 yeah yeah we'll yeah. Uh, figure something out we'll get back to games probably um but why don't you why don't we um remind the listeners ryan we're, we're gonna talk through the bracket right now quickly before we get to the games that we've been playing recently so you had Jin for your playstation character yes and you had master, master chief. chief as your xbox guy so i had aloy from horizon zero dawn of course for my playstation side of the bracket coming out on top i had joanna dark from perfect dark on the xbox side of things and then now we have Nintendo and Square Enix. So who makes it to the final four for Nintendo for you? That has to be Pikachu. Really? Yeah. Dude, Pikachu's a fucking god under Ash. Like, <laughs> okay. no, he killed rock Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, he cheated hardcore against Brock, mm-hmm. the perv. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's invincible. I, I don't remember him losing. I mean, he lost at the Elite Four because of Charizard, but spoilers for but yeah no he's invincible okay yeah. that's fair that's fair he could wipe the floor with any nintendo character yeah i i think i I'd probably agree with that um i mean he's a lot of people's mains in smash so yeah makes sense what about you uh, i have bayonetta i think okay. she could royally screw just about anyone up i would agree with that too so yeah. i mean she's not only a babe but i mean she could really do some damage Feet guns demons yeah yeah hair about as long as you know rapunzel i mean she's she's crazy that's scary she's a force to be reckoned with for sure that's a good pick uh so who's coming in on top for square enix then for you dude riku i I saw that coming yes he's he's my love interest in that series (laughs) he's he's a beautiful man i was always fascinated by his white hair and Mm. now i'm less fascinated as we get older we're like shit am i turning into riku or am i not Mm, yeah but yeah, Riku. That's a good pick. I, I almost went with Riku, but then I, I nearly forgot that Lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen was in the bracket. See, I was feeling her out too, um, but I don't know her as well as I do Riku. That's why you got to play Final Fantasy Thirteen, bro. Yeah, I still have to get through 7 I mean, you and 10. You don't have to do that. I want to, man, because mm-hmm. I want to play the remake, but yeah, I want to play through the entire... Because I'm I know there's a... A big event that happens in seven, somewhere in the the plot after you leave the city. I don't know what that is, and I'm surprised I haven't gone this long without a spoiler. I I am too because I definitely know what happens. Yeah, so I want to experience that in game. Okay, no, that's that's definitely fair. Before and I, it gets spoiled, I definitely respect yeah. that. So, um, good pick, good pick on Riku. Uh, I picked Lightning. So let's get to the PlayStation Xbox battle. We don't need to do the the stage and the all the nuance just who, who comes out on top Jin, master chief <laughs> that's a hard one um i i think it would be easy to say that master chief has superior technology he's got the armor he's got guns whereas Jin has bows and everything um but i think Jin's rage really plays a part in that fight. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think the armor is going to be the biggest downfall to Jin. 
Yeah, not not uh, having it, you mean? Yeah, because he. I mean, I I really like his ninja. Um, yeah, his ninja like stealth suit, the ghost suit, the ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think the explosive arrows can penetrate as well as other weapons. So I'll, I'll probably go with Master Chief. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. I probably would go the same way, uh, just because of the arsenal of weapons he has at his disposal. I just is gin- it close or is it? Yeah, I mean, Jin, I mean, he's so nimble and quick. There's just so much agility going on for him there. Oh, wait. You're Aloy. Oh, I was talking to your Oh, for mine. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were asking about your Jin and Master Chief showdown. Um, Because you have a very similar matchup with Aloy versus Chief, right? No, I have Joanna. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Disregard what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, no. So Aloy and Joanna, gosh, I love these two beautiful women so much and their respective games. But I think Joanna has to come out on top here. Okay. You know, I, I just... Is it the firepower? Yeah, I mean, dude, she's got the Farsight and the Cyclones and the Phoenix Guns and the Laptop Guns and the RCP-90s <laughs> and the, all the other things. It and goes back to episode one where you just go on like a three to five minute rant about these guns and how great Perfect Dark is, even though you rated it like 10 on your list. Yeah, you know... I can't help myself, dude. Yeah, and yeah. especially when we when we tease these uh, these new segments at the end of the show, it's it's going to be a callback to the earlier episode where Rusty just rants nonsensically about craziness for who knows how long. It does happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Joanna definitely coming out on top. Sorry, Aloy, love you. Can't wait to play Horizon Forbidden West. But uh, Nintendo versus Square Enix. So who do you have again? Pikachu versus Riku. Yes. So what happens here? <sighs> For me, I think Pikachu's going to come out on top. Wow. He's got... I mean, Riku's not a big dude, right? But he's also got magic abilities, dude. He could literally use lightning. Yeah, no, just just chill. Thundara. Thundaga. Yeah. yeah, he does, but that would probably amp up Pikachu. Oh, you're right. You're, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's similar to Thor pumping electricity into Iron Man. He, I mean, he. I could see him making the mistake. I mean, it is an electric, like, squirrel thing or rat, but... Uh, like grass, not the moves that are based off of size. I don't see really affecting Riku. What's he has, what's Electric's vulnerability though? I think it's fire. Okay, so he's Which got he can fire agra. Yeah, and then he can also turn into Ansem form, like oh, big yeah. dude. Uh-huh. Um, so it's gonna be close. But I, I think Pikachu, he's gonna like summon the power. Like one, he can cry, and like bring people back to life. So he's got an easy heal there mm-hmm. if Pokemon, the first movie, has taught us anything. That's right, yeah. And then I think his, like, Volt Tackle and his, like, all of his electric moves together will take down Riku eventually. The sword can't protect him against that, even with the magic. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Wait, so who the fuck wins? Pikachu or Riku? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? <laughs> Yeah, Pikachu. It's Pikachu. Okay, yeah. good stuff. No, I like that. Um, gosh, what a great Final Four. Jin, Master Chief, Pikachu. And They're Riku. all great characters. Yeah. I, I think they could all win in their own pers- On any given day? Yeah, on any given mm-hmm. day. Any given Sunday. Um, okay, so Bayonetta and Lightning. This is kind of just a crazy, crazy scenario, crazy battle. Um, I don't even want to get into the details because I think this is more just a... Uh, a favoritism battle, a popularity vote for me, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say lightning. Okay. <laughs> There's no surprise there. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, I love her so much. Uh, so we have Joanna versus Lightning. And I've here. got Chief versus Pikachu. Wow, what a battle. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who wins versus, in that kind of scenario? There's an upset coming, all right? So you got Chief. He's got his guns. Pikachu has his agility, right? Mm-hmm. So he's quick, but he can't power the suit, or he can't break through the suit with his current abilities. So what does he pull out of his ass? A thunderstone. Oh, boy. Boom. Level up. Right you. He can't use the agility any- anymore like we've seen in the Lieutenant Surge episode in the first season of uh, Pokemon. Oh, I remember, dude. Yeah. yeah. So This is an educational program. Uh, the- Pikachu wasn't on his deathbed as Ashes was. This one, he's full-fledged. He's just a brute tank. Mm-hmm. And I think with the added power-up of special attack he's able to power through the master chief armor set Dang. and power it down and then i mean chief's getting old he is yeah i mean you see his face he's got the wrinkles at the end of um legendary run on i think it was halo 4 mm-hmm. so yeah after the level up he's able to take him down so the winner is right you wow him. halo infinite delayed again that's a bummer <laughs> yeah uh no that's good wow Raichu coming out on top for the bracket for you yeah interesting what about you lightning versus joanna dark my my two favorite women maybe in all the video games i don't even know um can the farsight save her it's it saved her also talk about the power of women we've got aloy joanna bayonetta and lightning in my final four heck yeah pikachu could be one (laughs) i mean literally though right yeah there's yeah. both, yeah, male and female. It was just like, Pikachu's. mine's an all-male cast, but Jin versus Aloy, it was pretty much a toss-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lightning and Joanna, I think Lightning summons Odin, she paradigms her way to victory, and um, maybe Joanna doesn't even die. Maybe they just go and get drinks afterwards or something, you know? Okay, yeah. Yeah, they, cool. they, yeah it's kind of like, not a draw, but, you know, Lightning is a clear winner, but there's kind of a mercy rule in the final bracket or the final battle, and even though Lightning takes home the Platinum Trophy, you know, maybe Joanna gets a bronze or something. It's not a fight to the death, but it's a, it's a good shake hands at the end. Exactly. Yeah, it's an honorable good. fight, for sure. Um, so, yeah, gosh, what a great time. I'm glad we spent seven and a half hours talking about all this, right? <laughs> Lightning versus Pikachu. That would be an interesting one. Yeah, it is interesting. Is Lightning named because... Is there a reason why Lightning's named Lightning? Does she use Lightning? Uh, hold on. Let me give Chrono Link nine one a get, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know we're gonna get shit if we get this wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do not know the answer to that okay. question. Yeah, what's her sister name? Like Sarah. Thunder? No, it's Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what, what were the parents like high on? Where they're like, huh, this one's lightning. Oh, let's pick a normal name. That's like if this. your parents named you Igneous, like Ig- Ryan or like, something, like Igneous, and then Ig- Lorm, <laughs> Lorm was just like Lauren. Yeah. I was thinking rock names like Thaddeus. Uh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, that was fun. I uh, I hope everyone else out there had fun listening in, playing along. If you filled out a bracket and you haven't sent it in yet, it's not too late. Ryan and I will read it on the next episode. But we actually do have a really great friend of the show. His name is Blink or Blinkum. He records the Indie Quest podcast with another friend of the community, Josh. And he also records a podcast with Trav out there called The Polykill Podcast. Really, really great shows. And he's also killing it over there on the old Twitch. So please, 
for the love of all that is good. Check him out. His uh, We're just going to say his final four here, and then we'll say his uh, his winner. So he, in the final four, had Solid Snake okay. from the PlayStation side of things, Sam Fisher from the Xbox side of things. So the two kind of... Uh, Stealthy, like, SEAL-type Espionage people. dudes, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Nintendo side of things, he had Bayonetta okay. in the Final Four. It's probably a more reasonable pick than Pikachu. And then he had Sora in the Final Four as well. I debated on him. No, yeah. he didn't have Sora, I'm kidding. Uh, he had Kefka, who is the, I think, antagonist to Final Fantasy VI. Okay. Uh, and so Bayonetta ended up besting Kefka in the Final Four. Very nice. And then Solid Snake ended up taking out his, uh, I guess, brother in crime. Like, how, how would you even phrase that? I, I feel brother like Brother in arms? Yeah, they're kind of one and the same almost. But Solid Snake came out on top. And then at the very end of it all, I mean, Solid Snake doesn't have a whole lot going for him other than stealth. I'm sure I'm still going to get more flack because I know nothing about that game series or character really outside he, of. He probably, I mean, for all the boxes he used, he probably gets a good rate on Amazon Prime. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's shipping a lot of packages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt about it, yeah. man. Uh, but yeah, Bayonetta, she just smashes all of his boxes and kills him too. Poor guy. So, yeah, very tragic. cancel. Yeah, and everything. But uh, thank you so much, Blank, for sending in your bracket. He also wrote us a little note. He said, howdy, gents. Attached is my completed character bracket. I try to take a gut feel approach at this one. Essentially, for each round, I asked myself who would win and only gave myself 10 seconds to think about it. As a result, I tended to favor characters that have a pretty strong standout characteristic. I also think the characters with guns really came out on top for some of these rounds because, I mean, they're pretty unfair. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to put together, so thanks for the prompt. I'm submitting this before listening to any episodes of your discussion, so I can't wait to see how similar my picks are to yours. Keep on being wonderful. Blink. Thanks, Blink. Thanks, Blink. You're the best. You are the best. Uh, so thank you so much for sending your stuff in. And anyone out there that still wants to do that, again, not too late. Just send it over to the old Gmails, otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to either hear your feedback about how all this went, or if you filled out a bracket, we'd love to hear that too. But Ryan, it's been a month. Let's get back to the segment that we always do on this show, the games that we have been playing recently. What have you been playing the past couple weeks? I've played three games in total over the last month. Um, One of which I put maybe 105 hours into in two weeks. Okay. (laughs) And then the other one I probably put like 300 hours in. And then I won that I put like 30 hours in. So I've played the games. Wait a second. You spent 300 hours playing a certain game in the past, like, three weeks? Yeah. So 300? Yeah. So what matters is uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier finished up this week. (laughs) We can address addictions later. Dude, if, you know, F-Zero doesn't live on, at least he's on a Marvel show. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, it wrapped up today. It was, I think, six episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they did some things right, and I think they did some things wrong. Um, what they did right was the episodes, unlike WandaVision, were 50 minutes to an hour long. Oh, okay. So they're like half a movie long. Got it. And the issue with WandaVision is there's you get like 20 minutes of footage, and then you get like five minutes of actual uh, credit scroll. So you're like 20 minutes of plot, and it, just the pacing was really bad. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, they condensed that. And like for some of the episodes, we got 20 minutes in and I'm like, wow, shit. Like I, I'd be happy if it were to end just spitting in cups. What, what was that? No, I got, I'm drinking some iced coffee and I got an ice cube. I didn't want oh, okay. it. Um, you get like halfway through an episode and you're like, wow, that's a full plot. Like I'm, I'd be happy if it ends there. And you, I check the timer. It's like halfway done. Nice. Um, so that's always a good problem to have is you you have more footage. The action was really good. They kicked it off with a bang. The first episode showed off uh, Falcon, his skill, um, which is a good way to start. Uh, juxtapose that to WandaVision, which was very slow. Now, how many years after Endgame is this? This is like right after. Okay. So okay. spoilers for Endgame. Captain America gets old. Yes, he And does. he passes the shield to Falcon. And I guess spoilers now for the show for a little bit. Oh, okay. So hold on a second. I, I mean, this the show just ended today, or this first season. Yeah, I'm talking about like episode one. All right. I just want so, some context for the listeners. If you have not watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, spoilers for episode one. You've been warned. It's yeah. been like six weeks. Yeah. Um. So Falcon, he gives the shield to the museum to pay respect. Um, now that Captain America has passed on, it's not clear whether he's dead or he's just not in the limelight. It's just, it's not clear. Dude, Chris Evans never dies, all right? Yeah, I, there's rumors now that there's Captain America 4. I, who knows? And, um, yeah, and he's thinking that'll be in the museum and Captain America as a character will be relayed to rest. And it ends with this, they give the shield to another military guy with a good record, um, and he becomes a new Captain America. And that's kind of the main premise. Okay. What'll okay. happen. Um, and then they, they go into the backstories of the characters. Um, you obviously have the Winter Soldier who has a troubled past under Hydra, just murdering everyone. And then you have Falcon, which you didn't really know about. You just knew he was a pararescue guy. So you get to see a little bit more into him. And it's cool to ground some of these characters a little bit more. So I enjoyed that. Uh, I'd say that the... It's not stylized like WandaVision, which makes sense. Um, some of the scenes are a little bit funky. But, yeah, overall, it was a really good time. I enjoyed myself. Um, a lot better pacing. Um, yeah, I think it's more reasonable instead of, I think, the eight weeks of, like, 20 minutes each to have six weeks more condensed of mm-hmm. an hour. So, I, I they're moving in the right direction. Didn't stop us from canceling Disney Plus, or you canceling, but yeah, I, I think these are definitely even this one, even with the longer episodes, way better to cancel Disney for a year. Either one of us pay the ten bucks or whatever it is, and just binge shit for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the the way moving forward. Um, I just I struggle with subscription services. You know, I they're mean, they're so I, expensive. Yeah. Well, if you map it out, you know, 12 months times whatever the, the subscription cost is, then yeah, it can be re- relatively significant, especially if you go two to three months without watching it. That's 30 plus dollars out the door. And you yeah. never that could have gone to lunch or a bill or whatever or a new video game. Um, so, yeah, for me, we we canceled Disney Plus. We canceled Netflix. But you ended up um, resubscribing to that account with your card, yeah. uh, which is great. But Lauren and I are just kind of at a stage of life where we're either only watching Survivor uh, going back and watching old Survivor seasons, 
So we have Paramount Plus because that's a, that's a subscription service that we use almost every day. Lauren is also going through Frasier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun sitcom that she's really uh, having a good time with when she's either doing stuff for school or just playing Switch. And then um, we recently went to that thrift store where I got that Xbox. Yeah. And we found um, five seasons of The Office and each of them were $3 a piece. It's too expensive, but you got to splurge. Yeah. So the point being is like when we had, when The Office was on Netflix, we'd basically only watch Gilmore Girls or The Office. Yeah. And it's like, why don't we just buy the DVDs? And after like three three months, we're basically going to earn our money back, you know, at that point. And so that was kind of the the rationale for for canceling a lot of the services. No, that's fair. Um, But I'm, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you and a lot of people are enjoying Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, I think they're coming out in the next couple of weeks with some Star Wars like clone trooper shows and stuff. But um, I, I use Netflix the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the animes that are specific to Netflix. Um, you got Brotherhood, which is the one I just continually binge. Um, and then I also started uh, Survivor season seven at Heck your request. Yes, the Pearl Islands. My boy Rupert. Yes, and Rupert is the bomb. So far, he's my favorite. Dude, he's so Like, good. episode one, he's just, he's like, yeah, I mean, we're supposed to be pirates, so I'm just going to steal the other team's shoes and just be an <laughs> asshole. I love because uh, Johnny Fairplay, he's like, whose are these? And then <laughs> Rupert's just like, pirated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. And, so then, and then Johnny Fairplay's just like, oh, okay. And then like they, they sell Fairplay their stuff. Fairplay is a... An interesting character. He's a douchebag. Yeah, I'm six episodes in. Okay. Probably out of like 12 or whatever. So I'm like halfway there. But yeah, it's a good time so far. Yeah, I think you'll like Pearl Islands quite a bit. Uh, Our other very good friends of the show, Zach and Alec, are currently going through all of the seasons chronologically. Uh, Alec is new to the show. Zach is a veteran watcher of Survivor. And they just wrapped up watching Survivor All-Stars. So that's the season after Pearl Islands. And uh, it was a heck of a fun time watching and tuning into their show, uh, but also just seeing their reactions to really that whole season because yeah. it is a roller coaster of a ride pretty much all the way through. There's some definitely slow pockets, but um, I think All Stars kind of lived up to its name. So it'll be fun for you to eventually make your way to that after yeah. Pearl Islands, I think. Yeah, I mean, so I watched season one, two, three, and then I think I got halfway through four. Um, and then I skipped five and six at your request. It wasn't really my request. I think it was one of those things. It was that, your demand. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you uh, you wanted something just like really quick and fun. And I, yeah. think, I think the Amazon actually after my recent rewatch is not one of my favorite seasons, but it certainly hasn't aged well. Like it's sexist out the wazoo, but it's like a product of the times. It's ridiculous. Uh, and some very memorable contestants. Is that six? Is That's that six. the one? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think the Amazon is definitely worth going back to at some point. Um, and it's you, tough for the context of All Stars. You kind of want to have watched all of the seasons because the characters. That's what, that's what kills me. Is because you've been hyping up this All Stars, and I wanted to get through all of those at least before I started skipping shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I to get myself in or back into the fold of the infinite well of survivor episodes i think seven was a good place mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it was a good time nice um getting to games yeah so what did you spend 300 hours playing getting to games uh monster hunter released right i think was it the week 
I think it was right after our last episode. It was that it was. Friday. Yeah, because I got Balan Wonderworld. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played a little bit of it. And I think that first week, I mean, hating Monster Hunter and all, I put like 60 hours into it. Wow. And Lauren gave me shit for it. Like, enjoy the game, which I am. Which is why I put 60 hours into it. It just means I didn't sleep a lot. Yeah. But I had a good time. Um, It's a really fun game. They, I mean, they give you dogs that you, you can ride around on. Um, they improved a lot of the matchmaking. Um, this is through, for people who don't know what Monster Hunter is or the concept, you have low rank, which is kind of the one version of the monsters. They have a set amount of moves. And then it goes into high rank, which is kind of those monsters with some more monsters. Um, and then when you refight those monsters, they have additional move sets, and they okay. hit a lot harder. And you have upgraded gear and stuff. But the fun part is where you pick a weapon and you're scoop. Uh, scoop. <laughs> Scooby Doo is freaking out over here. Yeah, she's growling or licking himself. And so the the fun part is making the sets which have specific. Um, like skills that help you with your weapon and right now I'm using the hunting horn so I just make music for the group nice and the songs that I do or that I produce out of my horn um, actually give buffs to my team so I'm more of a support role mm. um, so I think it sounds do- oddly sexual but okay Dude, I'm just supporting people with my horn. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> just, everyone's you know, been there. I gotta you know, I gotta serenade and just smack them with my horn <laughs> to get their parts. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a ton of fun. I played um, with Rick and Ben mostly, and then like a week later, when my copy actually came, I had gone out that Friday, as I said, grabbed Monster Hunter at uh, Best Buy. And then my deluxe version came in the mail, and I've been playing that, which I think deluxe gives you just a, like a skin that you can put over specific armor pieces if you want. Okay. Um, and then I gave my copy to Lauren for, a, I think she said she would treat me to Chinese, and then we call it even for that's, like that's 10 bucks. That's a fair bucks. trade if you ever yeah. asked me, you know? I was going to give it to her for free, but she felt bad. Um but yeah, so eventually we'll play it, us three. Yeah, your dog's just Excuse licking my toes. Um, eventually we'll play it, us three. Um, and we can get into it and I'll start over on a, without my armor and we can just go from there. Okay, so question for you then. Yes, answer. For people that have never played Monster Hunter in their entire lives and maybe they're not used to action RPGs at all, but they want to get into the Monster Hunter realm. They have a Switch, they also have a PS4. What is the best entry-level Monster Hunter game out there right now? I think pacing-wise for new players, this is the most accessible. Okay. From I think that's also how they marketed it. Um, they slowly leak out, not the content, but all of the additional things that you can do through low rank into high rank. And after high rank, they give you like everything that okay. you can do. Um, so as far as accessibility, mobility of your character, like you can climb up all the rocks and surfaces within the set boundaries of the map and you can ride a fucking dog. I don't know what else I need to say, yeah, but when right. it goes to like world, I went back to that one because I have two bosses left to kill. Um, it, there's a lot more UI that you have to manage. It, they throw pretty much all of it out like at you at once, um, because they expect you to come into this one 
like like having seen the UI before or similar in the previous games. Okay. Um, they did make world accessible for the Western audience, but this one further helps bring people in. Good. So, okay. Cool. I think it'd be a good place for you to start, and then I mean, world on a PS5 and or PS4, the graphics are significantly different because the Switch can't compute everything, mm-hmm. but it's still a very pretty game. Okay. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah. So that was my first game. Uh, my second game, <laughs> smirking at me, uh, was Terraria. Oh yeah. Um, I I'd, I'd never played Terraria. It's always interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a documentary on the like their Stardew Valley, <coughs> which Zach Archer just did a review on. Yes, he did. Also, I talked about Survivor and I talked about Zach and I talked about Alec earlier. Please go to YouTube and check out Tarkaron. T-A-R-Q-A-R-O-N. They are doing some of the best stuff out on the YouTubes right now, and not enough people are checking them out. So please go check out their show, and also Zach Archer, good, 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 good friend of the show. He just revitalized his YouTube channel. So Zach Archer, type it into YouTube, watch his videos, support the good people. That's what we're all about. Blah, 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 blah. That's what we're all about here. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah, so... I actually watched a documentary about two indie games that were built by one people. So Stardew Valley was one, and it kind of went through the progression of the four or five years. Concerned Ape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like right after, I think that same day that I watched a video, Zach put out that video. So I was like, dude, either he's behind me watching what I'm watching or something because I felt like it was for me. Nice. And then there was also Terraria, which was like a 10-year production, which I think just recently stopped like doing updates, but mm-hmm. they basically gave a mod pack to everyone to say, hey, this is for you. We can't do a full launcher, but this is the best we can do. Um, back in the day, I think 2011, when I was watching Minecraft, one of my favorite dudes, Ethos Lab, played Terraria. It's basically a 2D Minecraft, but there's a fuck ton of more items, and there's like well-thought-out bosses, a ton of biomes, and it was also a downloadable PSN or Plus game a couple months back. Oh, was so it? I downloaded okay. it on the PS4. So after watching the review and having wanted to play it for forever, I downloaded it and it is a ton of fun. Is there a mission structure to this game? Or no, it- it's like they throw you into this new world and like similar to Minecraft, you chop down trees. Okay. Um, and then you get wood and bad things come at night. So you have to build your house. And I, like you start out with like a wood sword, like really crappy stuff, a, like a wood pick or a crappy pick. And you slowly upgrade your stuff as you dig down into the earth and explore the biomes. Nice. Um, and there's different map sizes. There's a ton of items. And I suck. Like I, there's a lot that goes into it and the learning curve's steep. But I could see this being like one of my games, like top 10 games of this year. So steeper learning curve than Minecraft? Yeah. There's a lot more items. And it's like, I mean, there's recipes that are very simple in Minecraft. You've got the three by three kind of matrix to build stuff with. For this, it's, there is, I don't know if there's, there might be a wiki. But there's different drops from different bosses and different enemies and different biomes. And there's different ways to farm. Um and it's just a lot of new information. I think it's me expecting to know everything going in where I clearly don't. Okay. So it's okay. it's really fun to experience that knowing pretty much nothing. Like I've watched Etho play through the entire game 
Who's Etho? Ethos Lab, the dude I talked about like five minutes ago. Okay, I didn't catch that part. He's a YouTuber who played Minecraft. Got it. Um, who also played this game. Um, I'd watched him play through, beat some of the bosses when it was like just starting out as a new alpha build. Um, so I've watched that throughout the years. But yeah, playing it for the first time, I'm loving it. I think the first, God, first couple days, I started on the weekend and I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I put like, 15 hours into it over the weekend nice because i time flies by when you're playing that game mm-hmm. um so yeah it would, i really like that one you would probably be very complimentary to that experience hmm. survivor probably yeah yeah that's i'll have to figure out a good setup i think i was playing runescape when i was watching survivor 300 hours would you say yeah, for 300 hours. Oh, okay. That's the game. I figured. Yeah. I think that's one of the easiest games to put time into. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying Terraria. It's a ton of fun. Um, worth checking out. And it's probably on sale for like 10 bucks. And yeah, uh, I think we can actually play together. So that could be a fun one. Maybe yeah. ease you into Minecraft. Yeah. Eventually. So, RuneScape. Oh, boy. Buckle so, up, people. Instead Strap of cookie in. clicker during work on my third monitor, I've just been having RuneScape up, uh, AFKing stuff, mm-hmm. and just, <laughs> dude, I'm getting this look like you should be ashamed, Ryan. No, you should. Us. No, dude, embrace what you love. Play. No, the I. It's it's a relapse, and I I. It's a fun game, and. <laughs> I like it, man. Just Dude, I'm not, I'm not even giving you crap. No, so, like, my character's name is I Guess I'm Back. Just, like, a very, like, I Guess I'm Back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've just been, during the workday, to keep me... I mean, like, it's pretty mundane after a year being doing the same setting. Um, so, being able to have something on the third monitor that keeps me engaged with my work, and I can click every so often, is good. Um so it's getting me through the work day. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Pete talked about doing a stream where he would go back and play the OG RuneScape. And that's what I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. The 2007. He, because he has a few friends uh, in his kind of streaming inner circle that kind of have gotten hooked on RuneScape. And so Pete, knowing his kind of addiction with Final Fantasy XI and other MMOs and just games like that in general, he's fearful that he'd fall into that trap. Because it's one of those things that, unless you're a dedicated RuneScape streamer, you're it's not, dangerous. You're gonna lose a lot of your audience if you like get hooked on a game like that and then you play it for like three months straight. Because, you know. Yeah, and a lot. It's really grindy. Like if you look at the exponential, like to get a 99 cape, which I actually did in the last month. Yikes. Because, I mean, I have like eight hours a day plus that I'm working. Mm-hmm. And like some of those days I was working 16 hours. So I was working on bearing bones for 16 hours. Um, but like to get to 99, you're halfway XP wise at level 92. Just let that sink in. You go 92 levels and you're only halfway to 99. So you have seven more levels to gain that same amount of XP. So the the curve is exponential. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to bore everyone, but yeah, it, it's a ton of fun. I mean, it's got the retro look of 2007. That was pretty much the prime when I started uh, back in middle school, like early middle school. Um, and yeah, 2007 was the heyday. 
of like the best time. And I think there's like a hundred thousand people playing right now. I don't know how much of that are like bots or, uh, like some people make a living in some of the poor countries by farming gold and then selling it off. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I got a 99 cape. Nice. Which is awesome. And yeah, I, I'm just really enjoying myself. That's awesome, dude. I'm glad you are. I mean, yeah. I have never played RuneScape. I don't know if I ever will, but if Pete Door plays, I am definitely looking forward to spending like eight hours watching him play that. Okay. You should make an account then. How about... If Pete makes an account, you make an account. Deal. Don't. Okay. Yep. That was easy. Yep. You don't even have to convince me otherwise. If Pete's playing, I'm playing. You know cool. what? Yeah. I mean, that seems like most things. Pete jumps, I jump, you know? So. Yeah. If he jumps off a bridge, you jump off a bridge. I was a Titanic reference. It's okay. It went over your head. Oh, I've, I've seen Titanic now for the most part. No, we talked like a month ago and you have not seen the Titanic. So don't even go there. Don't lie to me. So what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a whole litany of things, so let's first... Yeah, you, just before we started, we were like, dude, I've played like 30 games. I was like, what's the real number? And you're like, probably like 10. So in the past, since our last recording, I've beaten four games, and I'm currently playing two. Is this like beat platinum level, or is this beat like you enjoyed the story and you're going back for trophies? Uh, of the, the four year? games, I platinum two of them. Okay. Well, it's getting better. It's not 100%, so you're making some progress. I am. Yep, definitely. Cool. Uh, so the first game I want to follow up on from our last episode was Balan Wonderworld. Yes. So at the time of our recording, I had only played about two of the levels. You know, I had a lot of good things to say about it, that it was overwhelmingly charming. And it was two out of how many levels? Twelve. Okay. There's 12 chapters, I should say. I And I had gotten through two chapters at the time of our last recording, and I, you know, at the time I thought it was overwhelmingly charming, a lovely soundtrack, very simplistic 3D platformer, bare bones, not a whole lot to it other than the costume mechanic that kind of challenges you in the way that you need certain costumes to, to reach certain platforms and there's certain collectibles that you're not going to be able to get in the early levels because you unlock a costume in a later chapter that you have to come back to to get that. Yeah, you were enjoying cool. yourself, but I'm, I'm waiting for a but. Yeah, or like- yeah. So I got to about chapter nine, and each chapter has two levels and a boss level because it's okay. all centered around this idea of theater because your character gets swept away by Balan to this giant, I guess, field, and then it's kind of like this theatrical production where each chapter has two levels and then a final boss, and then Balan does a big dance, and a character has like this epiphany and defeats their midlife crisis or something. I don't know. Very weird story <laughs> that I'm not really sure what was going on. But it was, JRPG. It was no, it's not JRPG. This is a platformer. Uh, it was made by by Japanese people. Yes. Okay. Yuji <laughs> Naka. That's racist. <laughs> no. um, Yuji Naka. Well, I mean, the story wise, it sounds as obscure as a JRPG. Could it was be. very weird. Yeah. Is I don't really know what was going on, but it was very happy and I was smiling a lot. So okay. Cool. That's all that matters. But I got to about chapter nine. And I was about ready for that game to end. Okay. Overstate is welcome. It definitely overstate is welcome. And then what really kind of, I think, hurt the game is that chapters 10, 11, and 12, the platforming is not in any way conducive to a 3D platformer where you want to explore and find all the collectibles. Okay. It, it, I don't even know how to explain it, but the way the levels are constructed 
it's it's just kind of daunting to be honest with you. Like I don't know how a young child could play through those levels. Like large or like difficult or. Well, one of them, it's kind of almost like uh, Inception or Doctor Strange, where you walk through these mirrors and then the whole level itself kind of flips itself on its head a little bit. Mm. And it's so difficult to explain. Like, I don't even know how I could articulate it in a way where the listeners would understand. Is it like the hallway scene in uh, Inception where it's like a spinning world? Exactly. It's kind of like that. Um, so when I got to chapter nine, I'm like, all right, I'm about ready for this game to end. And then chapter 10, I was like, not having it much 11, no 12. Okay. I'm, I'm really ready for this game to be done in the telltale sign of a great 3d platformer for me, as I'll get into with some of the other games that I beat, uh, and that I'm playing is when I wrap up the game, I always leave collectibles that I haven't found. But I beat the final boss, and the first thing I want to do, or at least the sign of a great 3D platformer for me, is immediately I want to go back and collect everything in that game. Not all the time. It doesn't have to be the case. But most, more often than not, I would say some of the best 3D platformers are the ones where you want to go back and clean everything up and collect all the good stuff. And in this game, I literally do not want anything to do with that. Cool. I beat it. I don't know if i'll ever go back to it just because with the collectibles and needing certain costumes to reach certain platforms you're gonna have to go back to certain levels like multiple times farm a bunch of the costumes because again you don't lose health in this game you lose costumes so if you get oh, hit by an fuck. enemy or fall off a ledge you lose the costume so then you have to go back to that level farm it a bunch so that you go to the levels needing those collectibles um, having, you know, an, an inventory of a certain costume to get them. And on top of all of that, when you beat the game, they don't reward you with like, I don't even know, a bunch of footage of Yuji Naka in a, in a room talking about what inspired the making of this game or just fun cutscenes or soundtrack stuff. What you are treated to is each chapter now has a third level that is far more challenging than the other two. And I went back to chapter one and I'm like, let's just see how hard these actually are. Mm. And I went into the third level of the first chapter and it was just, I don't want to say it was punishing, but like the checkpoint system was awful and the platforming was just a lot more difficult. And it's just kind of disappointing, you know, I mean, I'll I'll try and wrap this up here because otherwise I'm just going to start rambling nonsense. I think it's definitely well deserving of the 53 or whatever it has a Metacritic. Uh, For me, the more I think about it, the more I have time to digest this game. I don't see it making it very high on my top 10 games of the year list. Honestly, if it even makes it, we have so many good games coming out this year and I've already beaten like 20 odd games this year uh, and I've already played some really, really good ones. So what's the price point that you would buy this game? Not 60 or 70. Yeah, I I mean, I don't regret buying it. Okay. For me. For listeners, what is the price point? I think 20 or less. Okay. I think 20. Is it even worth playing? For certain people. Okay. I don't think most people would enjoy this game. I, you know, if if you're playing the poise and the Skylar and Pluxes and the Hatton Times and the ukuleles of the world and you're enjoying those games, then maybe give this one a look. But if you're strictly a Super Mario Odyssey, Ratchet and Clank, 
Sly Cooper, like some of those juggernaut 3D platformers. If you're only interested in stuff like that, then this is going to drive you up a freaking wall. So then Poi was a better platformer. Did you end up platinuming Poi? No, I I didn't. There was a lot of grinding in that that I I just didn't feel like doing. So that was a similar, you didn't want to go back and collect everything? No, I definitely did, and I, and I did a lot of that, but there were just, like, two or three items that I could not, for the life of me, find, and I couldn't find a guide online, so I was just like, I'm not going to exhaust myself trying to find these three yeah, that's fair. collectibles, uh, but no, I think Poi is definitely a better game than Balan Wonderworld. Okay. I think the soundtrack in Balan Wonderworld is far better, the presentation is wonderful, I think it has a lot of great ideas, I just don't think it executes on many of them well at all. Okay. Sounds good. So that's where I'm at with Balan Wonderworld. Uh, we've got a couple other far better games, I would say. I ended up going back to, I can't remember if we talked about this at the time of our last recording, but Ratchet and Clank from 2016. Yeah. The PS4 game. Uh, recently free for PlayStation Play at Home, and I think it's currently free for all PlayStation Plus subscribers um, as part of that PlayStation Plus collection. But my goodness, did I have such a fun time with this game. Good. Oh my gosh. So I played and loved the first three Ratchet and Clank games on the PS2. Uh, the first game was just called Ratchet and Clank. Going Commando is probably my favorite. And then Up Your Arsenal was the third game. And I really didn't get into the PlayStation 3 Ratchet and Clanks, probably just because the sheer volume of them. I mean, you had the future series, so Tools of Destruction and A Crack in Time. Mm-hmm. But then you also had All for One and Into the Nexus and... I think there was a, a couple other ones. Uh, I just didn't really get into those because I wasn't as into the 3D platformers where they had a bunch of weapons. And that's yeah. kind of what this series is known for is its ridiculous guns. And so going into this one, I kind of had that lens. But I was just surprised with, with how much I actually enjoyed just blowing everything up and collecting a bunch of bolts and just the banter back and forth between Ratchet and Clank is just so good. I mean, it looks and plays like a Pixar f- film with its graphics and the story. So I ended up playing through this game three times. It, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're off for a month, but shit. <laughs> what? So I wanted to get the Platinum Trophy. Okay, so this is one of the two. Yes, this is one of okay. the two Platinum Trophies. And... In order to get the Platinum, you have to play through Challenge Mode, which is basically New Game Plus. Okay. And so on New Game Plus, you keep all of your weapons. There's actually kind of uh, RPG mechanics in this in the sense that you level up your guns. Cool. And so play through it on Challenge Mode, but one of the trophies is using a particular weapon on every single enemy in the oh, game. Oh, yeah. It's called the Groovinator. So you have to throw this disco ball out and then everyone in proximity to the the little orb just starts dancing. Yeah. And so I got about halfway through challenge mode <clears throat> and I wasn't keeping like a log of anything. Like I wasn't saying, here's the 30 enemies I have to use it on. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, here's the 30 enemies I need to use it on. I'll check the box. And so I got to the end of, but I was very particular. Like every time I walked into any enemies, I thought I was using the Groovinator. Yeah. And then I get to the end of my challenge mode run and I realized the, the trophy didn't pop. I beat the game again. Yeah. I got the challenge mode trophy. And there's no way to log <laughs> what you've groovinated. No, there's no tracking of it. Yeah. And then there's no system within the game to say you've gotten, you've used it on 28 of the 30 enemies, right? Yeah. So 
after I beat the game a second time, the trophy didn't pop. It was the only trophy I didn't get. I was just like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. Oh, so you gave up? Well, for a time. That was on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> and then. And so, then how Wednesday. long is a playthrough? Well, that's the crazy thing. So, the first run around, of course, you don't have all the weapons. So, it takes a little bit more time. Yeah. Your weapons aren't upgraded all the way. And so, it took me about eight to 10 hours, I would say. Okay, for first playthrough. My challenge mode run uh, took me about five. And then the third time around took me like maybe three or four. It almost kind of oh. got me a little high on the, uh, the speed sp- running. The speed run. Yeah. I was like, damn, you know what? This would actually be a pretty fun game to speed run. Did you look up the speed run times? I didn't because I'm sure the times are not like after you've upgraded your weapons all the yeah. way. It would like be a vanilla. Exactly. It would be a raw run. And I don't, I don't have any interest in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely got me a, a little bit of a taste of what speed running would look like. Nice. But yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Went through it a third time, got the platinum trophy because I used the freaking Groovenator. I literally at that point used a, uh, I created a spreadsheet, listed every single enemy in the game and checked each one off as I went through. That's because the only way to do it. The, o- the other thing that sucks is from your first playthrough to your second playthrough, all of the Groovenator uses carries over, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say you use the Groovenator on 15 of the 30 enemies on your first playthrough. Well, then you can clean up and use it on the other 15 in the challenge mode playthrough. That's nice. Well, if you do a second challenge mode playthrough, which is what I had to do, it wipes all of that history. That's less than nice. So I had to do Come on. You're basically balling Wonderworld at that point. I know. The things I do for love and trophies, right? Uh, But yes, I went through it a third time. Took me a couple hours and I got the platinum trophy and I am a better man because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell yourself that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably equal to my cape. But so compared to Balan Wonderworld, you like this one. What would you rate Balan Wonderworld and then what would you rate this? Ratchet and Clank is probably a solid 8 out of 10. Okay. Cool. And Balan Wonderworld is probably a 5. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think I originally gave it like a 7, but I think it it, just it overstays its down. welcome far okay. too much. And yeah, it's just a pain in the ass to collect stuff. So um, I'm hoping you beat Balan first and then you went to these better games. I did, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I did. Um, and then the next one, so obviously it's no secret here. I'm a huge fan of Spire the Dragon mm-hmm. and that original trilogy from Insomniac. Probably a large inspiration for why I love the color purple so much and why my game room is literally the color purple. Yeah. Uh, but I had only gotten the platinum trophies and beaten the first two games, Spire the Dragon and Ripto's Rage, uh, on the Reignited trilogy. Of course, I've played all three games growing up on the PS1. I still have my original copies as a kid. But Spyro 3 kind of suffers from the same thing that the Sly Cooper series did, where with each subsequent entry, they tried to be bigger and better and bolder with the direction of the games instead of just holding true to what made the first game so special. So what made the third one bigger and bolder and better? All of the previously un- playable npc characters are now playable characters that have their own levels so not only are you playing as spyro you're playing as sheila the kangaroo you're playing as a little penguin dude you're literally playing as sparks the little um basically navi equivalent from Mm. legend of zelda type of deal okay uh and so because of that it just kind of i don't want to say disrupts the gameplay flow but i just want to play as my dude spyro yeah, that's fair. And I think all of the other levels in the game, when you play as those different side characters, work really well. I think for the most part, they're fun. 
but it's kind of just additive and it's stuff I don't really need. Yeah. So I thought I saw you playing this on the Switch. Were you playing it on the Switch or were you trying to get the Platinum? Yeah, so Spyro uh, Year of the Dragon, I think is the third title. Uh, I did end up getting the Platinum and beating that on the PlayStation 4. But when Lauren and I have been downstairs watching Survivor or The Office or whatever, um, I haven't been able to find a good pick-up-and-play comfort food game on the Switch recently. Okay. Which it's funny because... uh, we actually have a question about this later in the show from our good friend uh, Blink. And what I wanted more than anything was just a fun 3D platformer that was effortless to play. Yeah. And Spyro the Reignited Trilogy, especially the first game, it is exactly that. I kind of know it like the back of my hand at this point. Uh, so I ended up ordering that on on eBay, actually, for 30 bucks. Okay. And so, yeah, when we've been watching stuff downstairs, I've just been playing uh, the first Spyro game. Very nice. So... Spyro 3, really good times, Ratchet and Clank, definitely a good uh, hangover cure from Ballion Wonderworld, for sure. Yeah, moving up in the world. And speaking of up, I played Disney's Pixar Up on the PS3. Uh, You couldn't transition me to that any better. Uh, This was just another case of me needing some quick uh, comfort food, licensed jank, and yeah. licensed jank this game is. This is not fun. It's not a game. <laughs> it's not a game I'd recommend people play or buy, even if you're just trying to do some trophy hunting because the it, you're unlocking trophies right and left in this game. You basically go through 11 levels playing as either Carl or Russell. And when you're playing as Russell, you're using your little fishnet to catch butterflies and little bugs. If you're playing as Carl, you're using your walker to literally smash those same bugs. And you platform your way through 11 levels. You fight a couple bosses. And then there's actually some like Crimson Skies weirdo uh, plane fighter action in the game what too. What the hell? Yeah, it's, it's very strange. The first level you play in a, in a plane, uh, like shooting a bunch of other planes, like some... Uh, That's what I expected, and up. Some Battlefront yeah. stuff, and then the, the last level when you fight the final boss is a similar deal. Okay. But um, Cool. Does this fall below Bell and Wonderworld? Is yeah. that one you said maybe, but this one's you said no, don't buy it. Yeah, this definitely falls well below Balan. Uh, the only redeeming quality of this game was the 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 up soundtrack is oh, cool. is, is is well represented in this uh, this game, and the up soundtrack is just such a delight. Is this one of the ones you got during our Christmas? No, this was not one of the ones that I got with our gift our gift exchange with the Tarkon guys. Um, we, we we could shout at Tarkon like six times. <laughs> Dude, I'm all about shouting out people and just showing the good people love. All right, because yeah. you got to. I know they they got you one, uh, like kind of Pixar jank. Game. Zach hooked me the heck up this year. Yeah, he got me Meet the Robinsons on PS2. He got me Wally on PS2. He got me Wally on DS. Nice. He just he got me Wally. Yeah, all the games. Yeah. But uh, yeah, up not very great, but uh, it was a fun, mindless couple nights. So, Good. and I love Up. It's just such a great movie. Uh, so let's get to the games that I'm currently playing. Those are my beats. Okay. Those wow. are my beats. And this uh, is what a list of say forty two. Yeah. Four, okay. Forty two cool. games. Um, yeah. So I finally picked up and played more of The Pathless. Yeah, I saw you're playing that actually. This is of course developed by Giant Squid, and this is I didn't know this. I was. I was literally just grabbing Scuba's butt, and I thought it was his face. <laughs> <laughs> that close. My hand just touched your asshole. Yeah. That was really weird. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
this isn't your mouth. <laughs> Why am I inside? Why is he not licking me? Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Why was there a yelp? <laughs> we need to edit that out. Um, yeah, so The Pathless. Cool. Yeah, that game. Uh, it was actually a, a company started by ex-That Game Company people. Okay. So the, I think, lead programmer, or one of the art designers, um, hopped off of that game company and created Giant Squid. And one of the first games that they developed was Abzu, which I have not played, but I'm looking forward to. And then they made this game, The Pathless. And so this is kind of a third-person action-adventure game where you play as this hunter trying to lift the curse off of an island. Okay. It's kind of the story and premise at its simplest form. And I actually did pull a little fun fact here, so strap in, folks. We love the trivia here. So according to creative director Matt Nava, the pathless is about finding your own way forward. Therefore, the team decided to remove the mini-map feature typically seen in open-world maps in order to facilitate exploration. The team put heavy emphasis on creating a movement system that is fast and fluid so as to remove the need of incorporating fast travel points. Unlike other games in which the player will respawn at checkpoints when they lose all of their health, the Pathless adopts a system in which players will lose the crystals they have collected instead. According to Nava, this system helps create tension and stake without breaking players' immersion. And I would completely agree. I remember seeing this showcased at, I think, the Future of Play thing or one of the PlayStation showcases. And what really initially kind of intrigued me was how quickly you were kind of navigating the landscapes. Yeah. And it looked like in the, the footage that we originally saw, there were like these little orbs in the, in like, I guess, floating in the sky. And yeah. you were shooting them with arrows and that was kind of fueling your stamina meter for you to be able to run faster. And that's exactly what it is. There are these things called talismans, which yeah. are these basically diamonds in the sky that you shoot. That fuels your stamina meter, and you kind of just glide your way through these levels. It is very fast. It's very fluid. It feels so good, uh, and just hopping around and the platforming, it just works tremendously well. Like it's it's pretty impressive that an open world game without a mini map and without checkpoints, and you have to travel from one end of the map to the next, never feels like a chore or really of a daunting task yeah because it's it never really gets old shooting these arrows and there's just some slight uh feedback with the adaptive the adaptive triggers on the ps5 controller too okay so So, they did actually map it for this one yeah they did i don't think as significant as we're going to see in something like horizon forbidden west just because this was more of an indie developed game and not does it feel indie or does it feel polished oh i mean a lot of indie games are polished look at journey all right. Does it feel like Bell and Wonderworld, or does it feel like a good game? <laughs> it feels like a great game, is what it feels like. And good. so I'm really enjoying my time with it. It kind of, if I had to pick two games that you'd throw in a blender and get the Pathless, I would say Zelda, particularly Skyward Sword for some reason, and Probably the graphics maybe, and Journey. Really, it, it's really kind of those two games is what it, it kind of feels like to me. I don't really know why. I mean. One reason is probably Austin Winery composed the soundtrack to this game. Okay. Spent three and a half years with the team uh, composing it. And it's definitely, it's not as moving and powerful as Journey just because it's not telling that type of story. But really the game has you kind of restoring light to these different towers. And so in each area you have to restore maybe three different towers and then it kind of spawns this beast. And there's really four different beasts that are responsible for creating this darkness on this island 
and then as you defeat each beast, kind of restore them back to light, yeah. then you'll restore all peace and love to the island or whatever. So did you beat this one, or are you still playing it? No, I'm still playing it. So I've only beaten two of the, the beasts at this point. Okay. And the, other, the final thing I'll talk about, and I'll get to the final game here that I've been playing, that has surprised me is the puzzles. Never once have I looked up a guide. I think the puzzles are very intuitive. They make sense. They're they're challenging just enough where it it is a bra- bit of a brain teaser where it's yeah. like, gosh, what what do I do here? And I'm actually challenging myself to be patient, assess the area, and think of like, what do I need to do here? So you're enjoying that then? I am really enjoying it. I think there's just enough puzzles in the game where it's not too in your face with them, and it perfectly complements the more action-heavy sequences. So is it one pu- puzzle per beast? No, typically when you go to these different towers, um, there's just different switches that you have to uh, find different boxes. And you, you I, I don't want to get into all just, the details yeah, of puzzle it all, shit. But yeah, the, the puzzles are intuitive enough for me to actually figure out. Good. And I think they perfectly complement the the other action-heavy sequences when you're fighting the bosses. And the bosses, to me, really feel like uh, Legend of Zelda bosses. Yeah, I mean, which four is beasts, that sounds like Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I think it definitely draws inspiration from that. But uh, cool. really good times. I think it's something you would like. Yeah, I mean, once you're done with that. I know I still have Sackboy to mm-hmm. play. Oh, yeah. Um, so Sackboy and Doom I want to play in the upcoming weeks. But Nice. Yeah, I, this is one that looked pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think you'd like it, and it's only about a six- to eight-hour game. Oh, that's so, not too bad. Relatively brief. So maybe by next week we, uh, we'll have wrapped up impressions for that game, but something came out today that might get in the way of that. But before I get to that, Ryan, one final game that I've been playing. All right. And that is Tamarin. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. No, I haven't. Okay. So this is something that I have had on my radar for literally years. And okay. it seemed to at a certain point just be in development hell and i never thought it was going to come out it kind of reminded me of that game biomutant yes yeah, that's still coming out it's going like the squirrel thing and guns and yeah, stuff yeah yeah that's coming out in may really yeah but it, it kind of tamarind began to feel like that where i didn't even think the game was ever going to come out okay type of deal and why it was on my radar for so long is because there were kind of rumblings that it was a spiritual successor or at least had heavy nods to Jet Force Gemini, one of my favorite games on the N64. You familiar with Jet Force Gemini? That's the, like, bug guy one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Dude, I'm fucking cultured. Gosh, look at you, man. High five. Dude, I deserve that one. You did. Uh, But yeah, no, so Jet Force Gemini, I remember so little of that game, and that's why I cannot wait to get a Series X and eventually play it, Mm -hmm. because when I was a kid... I remember going to my buddy Scott's house and all I remember from that game is loving the multiplayer. If I look at the front of the box, I'm very familiar with like the main protagonist and the dog. Yeah. And the soundtrack. Like those are the three things that stick out in my mind. But like if you ask me anything about the story or really the, the, the gunplay or really anything about the game other than those three things, I wouldn't be able to tell you a single detail. You're you're talking about Tamarind, not Jet Force now. No, Jet Force Gemini. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I I just don't remember much of that game. So going into this, um, if there were significant nods to Jet Force Gemini, I, I wouldn't really know where to look for them. Okay. But high level, the game kicks off. You have a happy little village of 
cute little monkey creatures that kind of look like red pandas. Okay. I mean, I'm they are this. they are stupidly cute. Like, think new Super Luckies, but like times that by ten. Shit. Yeah, really cute. And then this like army of ants comes in and burns the village and like captures all the tamarind. And they just skin them alive, and it's just a bloody massacre basically and so there's one little tamarind that's kind of left behind uh from the pillaging of this village and you get the strength and courage to then go out on this adventure and save your little tamarind friends oh and so the game is kind of split into two different gameplay sequences and this is probably where i couldn't draw the ties to jeff or gemini i think the game is most successful when it's just a straight up 3d platformer kind of collectathon so you're going through these different forests and mountainsides and all these fun little levels, just collecting a bunch of fun shit. Mm-hmm. And David Wise composed the soundtrack to this game. So if you're familiar with Donkey Kong Country, if you're familiar with uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, I'm I kid you not, some of the the areas in this game, it just feels like you're listening to aquatic ambience on on loop. Like some of the most beautiful chill relaxing themes for this game and i don't think he probably ever got recognized for this i mean i feel like every game you play has him as the the main dude making the soundtrack well i definitely go out of my way i feel like you've used his name like six times in this episode alone i then go out of my way to play uh his game any games that david wise has composed the soundtrack to uh but yeah so i think it works best when you have these 3d platforming segments Mm mm-hmm you don't even have a double jump. You just have a single jump. You play as this little red panda looking dude and you roll around and hit a bunch of bugs. All right. Cool. That's fun. Where it gets a little weird is where you go into these other like laboratory segments. And this is when you're trying to save your little tamarind friends. Mm-hmm. And this weirdo little hedgehog dude like hooks you up with pistols and machine guns and shotguns. And you just like start like John wicking all of these little ants and start like shooting them and what the hell is this and it it becomes a third person shooter interesting i i don't even know how to describe how terrible the shooting mechanics are but i don't even care when did this game come out last fall oh (laughs) okay (laughs) like like september um i was expecting like 10 years ago what what kills me is this game has a 30 on metacritic right now what does it deserve uh, a six at least and this isn't like one of those things on on Ballet and wonder world where i'm gonna backtrack. what does the platforming get without the gunplay if the platforming in Ballan is like a four and a half this is like a, a seven okay so it's relatively competent six and a half i'll take that back okay yeah it is a competent 3d platformer Ballan wonder world uh, so <laughs> and then as a shooter <laughs> what do you give this a shooter, it's like a five. But you're not there for the shooting mechanics. You're I there for you're, the tamarinds. You're there for to save the tamarinds. Um, yeah, this is such a strange game. I'm I'm surprised I paid thirty dollars for it. The really depressing thing is that I don't think this game sold well at all. That's and sad. especially with the reviews that I saw and read, I mean, it was just punishing how brutal the critics were for this yeah. game. I'm ready for you to pause and Google tamarinds. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll watch some gameplay after we wrap the recording. Um, but the final thing I do want to say about it, for anyone out there that isn't rushing to your nearest PSN store to buy it, if you are kind of 
at all interested, which I know there's probably some people out there that love their janky 3D platformers with a good David Wise tune in the background while you do it, um, picture a PS1, N64 type game. I mean, literally this feels as if a game you remembered fondly as a kid, something like Jet Force Gemini, that maybe got a little touch-up remaster 20 years later, and it's like, oh, I kind of just wish this memory lived in the past. You know what I'm saying? Kind of, yeah. Like, it just doesn't really work today, but 20 years ago, so it, it would have been really competent well. if it was in the time period when Jet Force came out. Absolutely. Okay. But if you're willing to kind of look past the game's shortcomings, I think this is a pretty fun 3D platformer. Far more than Balan Wonderworld in my eyes. Cool. Again, similar to, um, I forget what other game I was talking about, but I think Balan Wonderworld has the better present presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more colorful. It's more charming to a certain degree, but I think Tarmarin tamarin in terms of its <laughs> mechanics is definitely um the better game okay cool but yeah i really don't think i sold this game well so do yourself a favor go to youtube type in tamarin gameplay and check out that game i i, I cannot speak highly enough of how cute the little tamarin it's are. we just we just paused and looked at it and it's fucking adorable they're just like squeaky little pandas and the music's great and then gunplay is just so ridiculous <laughs> it's just yeah, <laughs> I like it. It almost it almost feels like two completely different games. It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just seeing these like uh, ants and like a pill bug as the tank walking and shooting stuff, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But adorable. Yeah. So definitely check out Tamarin. Uh, it's on Steam. It's on PlayStation. It's probably on Xbox and Switch. I, I, I don't I don't really know. Uh, but if you're looking for a good trophy game out there, I don't think we have many listeners that like trophies. But uh, if they're out there. Just know that Tamarin has a very platinum-friendly uh, experience. How close are you? Did you platinum this one, or are you still playing? Oh, yeah, I'm still playing. I haven't beaten it. I'm about four hours in. Uh, there's actually a percentage meter in the okay, game, too. Cool. you got to love those. When The more you collect, that percentage meter goes right yeah, on checking up. Checking boxes. you got to love it. Yeah, and I'm about 50% through. Cool. Uh, so I've collected about 50% of the, the little collectibles, and uh, I think I only have like two or three levels left. So this is definitely something I'll be going back to. I'm excited to get back into the world and collect all the good stuff. Very nice. And uh, looking forward to hearing more of David Wise's tunes. My goodness, they're so good. So this is one you downloaded, I'm assuming. Yeah, there's not a physical copy out there right now. Oh. But I, I hope not only do we get a physical copy printed at some point, uh, but man, I would love the, the, the soundtrack. Vinyl be pressed on on a vinyl my goodness imagine the uh cover art for that one just with a little cute little tamarin oh dude i would take that to work with me every day just just oh, stare just at hang it. it up every time i yeah. get depressed or sad just look at him and smile i actually got a new desk at my work just a right field from tamarins but are yeah. you going to work i i went in thursday to move my desk oh okay. yeah cool my new desk sucks <laughs> i lost like two one third of my space but well i'm sorry to hear that but but tamarins would make up for it, I think. Tamarin would absolutely make up desk. for it. Um, so yeah, those are all the games that I have playing. Those are all the beats. However, uh, what might delay my progress in the Pathless and Tamarin is a game that arrived on my doorstep today, and that is Near Replicant version 3724972534 over two days. I am so excited to play it. Yeah. All right, so are you going to play it this weekend then? 100%. Yeah, I'm going to try and edit this podcast in about three and a half seconds. 
and throw it up there for the good people and play some near uh, Replicant tonight. Yeah, you have to let me know or text me while we're at the horse farm slaving away mm-hmm. and uh, give me hope that games are still out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do physical labor for food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely will. Um, I'm sure I'll be tweeting about it and I'm sure I'll be posting in the discord about it, but Ryan, what a segment we talked for uh, about games we've been playing for the past like 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, someone had to play like 30 games. I couldn't help myself. Most of them platformers. It's been a month off. You got to play some 3d platformers. All right. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Everyone play Tamarin and maybe wait on a Balan Wonderworld discount. stretch of this episode you want to get in some questions let's do it all right so if you want to ask us a question you can do that in many ways but we prefer two different avenues you can either get in our discord so again click the link in the show notes people it's really not that hard we want the community to grow we want to encourage everyone to be better and we can all begin doing that by joining the discord so click the link get in there and there is a specific little space called the question block where you can just type a little question it could be anything game related movie related you want to know something about ryan like what's the deepest darkest secret you want ryan to tell all of you you can learn that exact thing if you just ask us (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, what are we offering here? <laughs> yeah, you can literally ask us anything. Yeah, uh, we'll answer. I'll answer. To a certain extent, we definitely have the the freedom and the liberty to not answer the question, but y- you get the gist here. Uh, so ask us there. You could also send a question into Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We love audio questions. So if you want to record yourself talking, and uh, you can rant a little. We'll play the whole damn thing here on the podcast, and we'll we will answer whatever question you have for us. All right. So we got a backlog of questions actually from months ago that we haven't answered. We promise we're going to get back to that in a future episode. But right now, we want to get to the hot off the presses questions that we've recently got from some wonderful people. All right. Yeah. So we're thinking of doing this week's questions now. And then probably next week doing the back backlog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. So first question we have here, we're going uh, bottom to top here. Friend of the show, I record a podcast with him called Box Office Bliss. We got Josh, also known as Frantic. He says, what is your guilty pleasure snack, Ryan? Hmm. That's a good question. And it doesn't have to be while you're gaming, right? Because you don't want to get the fingers all greasy and messy while you're eating something. Well, I love myself some flaming Hot Cheetos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I don't really have them often, but I love them. They're good. Like, yeah. And that's not something you want to have by a white PS5 controller because it'll be oh red gosh, yeah. very okay. quick. I just had goldfish here. I haven't had goldfish in like fucking a decade oh dude those giant like milk They're carton boxes so good yeah they yeah just, they have just enough salt on them where you don't feel like you need to drink like a glass of water afterwards yeah. but then they just have a nice little cheddar flavor oh mm-hmm. perfect then the white cheddar is very good mm, yeah yeah as far as sweets go i'm not a huge like guilty pleasure sweet person i'm not either i'm all about that uh, salt and high blood pressure. Mm, so. Chips, French fries. I love chips. Give it chips to me. Chips are my jam. Yeah, now I'm with Yeah, you. probably the Cheetos and the Flamin' Hots. Okay, yeah, good stuff. I, uh, I'm a, recently Lauren and I have been getting those, uh, kettle salt and pepper chips. Okay. The really crinkly ones that if they're baked nice enough. Salt and enough, pepper or salt and vinegar? Oh, get the salt and vinegar. I was gonna say, like, have you, is she corrupted you that much that you now like that? No, dude, if I see vinegar, I just want to get sick. Or if I, if I see a bottle so of have vinegar. So tr- <laughs> you can just start puking. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried vinegar on fries? No, I, I literally, I remember there was a place near us called Wine Dot Lake was the name it used to oh, be. God. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. walking like this is one of my worst childhood nightmare scenarios that I'll never forget because there's just there's certain smells that smell smelly that yeah. you never forget as a kid. For and the a moment smelly smell that smells. Yeah, exactly. Smelly. Yeah, Mr. Krabs, what's up? And you smell them and you remember the time and place you yeah. were there, right? Yeah. Your yeah. olfactory senses are powerful. Hell yeah. So, I remember walking through the wave pool area Okay. Where everyone's just chilling with all their little inflatables or whatever. Yeah. And I remember there was a food stand where you could get hot dogs and nachos and french fries. And I remember people would just douse their french fries with vinegar and it smelled awful. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's one of the most overpowering scents. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it on fries. Salt and vinegar chips are good. Yeah, can't do it. But... Why not Lake? Gosh, that goes back. It does, like right? Twenty years because they replaced it with a new zoo, 
New Zoo. The New Zoo. Yeah. Right? And then the whatever the Canucci Creek. Was Canucci Creek a thing? Do you remember that? There was a creek that canooched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Canucci Creek. Yeah. What's it up? was like a lazy river. That could have been a thing. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love one. How Wait. many times did you ride that roller coaster? There was a roller coaster? Yeah, dude, Wendell Lake. You didn't. Come on, everyone rode that roller coaster. That thing was like literally. Dude, on his you're, last you're legs. asking me to go back like 20 years in my brain. So. All right, whatever. All right, vinegar, get out of here. Well, why did they close it? Was it profit or just like probably a death? <laughs> like no. there, there had to be a kid. Well, I think they eventually pulled down the the roller coaster, but Wendell Lake was rebranded under a different name. Oh. Yeah. Did they just use like all the old stuff? Yeah, everything's there. They didn't touch it up one bit. Cool. OSHA. <laughs> Please check out Canucci Creek in Wyandotte Lake, too. Oh, it's the best time. You'll never regret it. Uh, yeah, so I love the salt and pepper kettle chips, and then I also love Simply Organic Doritos White Cheddar flavored. Dude. Fuck. Is, is it like keto, or is this like it's vegan actually, shit? <laughs> it's actually hologram chips. You don't even eat them, so zero calories. You just absorb their nutrients through your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, no. Yeah, um, I see where your Netflix bill went. Yeah. The fucking hologram chips. Oh, they're so good, dude. Oh, my gosh. Best investment of my life. Doritos. Download the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cool. those, those are really tasty. And then uh, I love me some uh, Cheez-Its, white cheddar oh, flavor. Oh, yeah, dude, shit. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. They're so good. And uh, who doesn't love a Jolly Rancher, am I right? Yeah, those are Gushers. Gushers were good. Yeah. They I, gushed. And I never was a huge fan of the, the foot by the f- foot by the foot. Fruit foot by, by the, the fruit? foot. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember those? Those were little spool, spool, spools. Dude. Fuck, it's 8 o'clock. I'm dying over, over here. <laughs> uh, you know, those are great. You know, it's funny this question came up. Uh, and thank you, Josh, for the question. It's yeah, great. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but I remember listening to an all- an old all gen gamers episode and this question came up and someone said you know like what's your go-to gaming snack and i remember johnny millennium you know happy console gamer said i love lay's potato chips just super chill uh, i think games 31 was like oh i'm a big fan of fruit snacks and you know jason heine was like i don't know what he said probably fruit snacks and chips or whatever and they were like pete what do you like to eat when you play games and uh pete was like um Probably just apples. <laughs> <laughs> what? And they're like, what are you, a fucking horse? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, man. On, All Gen Gamers, best podcast ever. So good. But uh, mm. yes. All right. Guilty pleasure snacks. Please let us know. I also love, this isn't a snack snack, but quesadillas are really good. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to actually make for my breakfast tomorrow. Okay, good. Yeah, tonight. For Thanks for letting us know. Post a picture in the Discord. Yeah. Let us know what your guilty pleasure snacks are in the Discord. We'd love to hear from you. We got another question from Josh. He says, you can only have one, Ryan. The others disappear forever. He loves asking these kinds of yeah. questions. What would you pick? Pizza, tacos, fried chicken, sushi, ramen, or hot wings? I think I have to go... Wait. Oh, wait. Okay, so you'd only pick one, right? Okay, so others disappear forever. A lot of these you have to be in the right mood for. Like, I can't eat sushi every day. I yeah. I, I can't eat hot wings every day. I can't eat ramen every day. But I love eating them. Yeah. See, I could probably get rid of ramen. I could probably get rid of sushi. I'm not super attached. Tacos are very... I'm not, a, not the biggest... Like, I love tacos. Yeah, Taco Bell. 
Um, that or um, that one place where you can build your own tacos. Condado. Condado. So um, but you have to be in a mood. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, wings is right now it's between wings because I, lo- I could go for hot wings pretty much like six in the morning to like 12 at night. Are Just, you asking to be on the toilet for the next three hours? Depends on how hot because okay. when I watch hot wing videos, I'm like, let's see if I can handle that. And then the next couple days suck. Yeah. But pizza, like... Dude, you could eat pizza for every meal. You could, but you shouldn't. <laughs> well, you shouldn't, but <laughs> My like, dad actually didn't never had pizza until college. What is wrong with that man? Right? He's an alien. That and ketchup. He just never had it. And then he got Little Caesars, because they called it Little Sleezers, and it was like five bucks for a large. And that's what he lived on. That just reminds me of that, uh, a Family Guy episode where, you know, they always do flashbacks to things. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember that one time when whatever... And Peter was like, oh, it's like that one time when I farted for the first time. And it, it's a flashback to him in college, and he's sitting there in a room reading a magazine, and he farts, and he's just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you not have pizza until you're 20 years I, old? I don't know. I don't know. It was just, he's a weird guy, I guess. That's strange. I had pizza way before that. Mm. Um, I would have to go hot wings. I think I'd cry if I couldn't have hot wings ever again. Pizza, it's been like four years until like a couple months ago when I ordered a pizza. But leftover cold pizza for breakfast is also really good. Dude, it's so good. You've got thin crust. You've got deep dish Chicago kind of pizza. You've got, you got thin all different crust, cheese yeah. What do you usually crust? get on your pizza? Um, It depends where I get the pizza from. Like if I go to our local joint here down the street, yeah. Um, we typically, Lauren and I will order an appetizer while we're there have a couple drinks and then we'll get a pizza to go and we'll get half pep half cheese because lauren's more into the cheese she's not really into the pep um do you i i'm a papa john's fan yeah so lauren loves papa john's too because it has a sweeter sauce right Minuteman is too greasy it's just like a bath i mean just like you could just it just oozes off the pizza there's Definitely a level of too much grease. You can yeah. cross a line. Papa John's is a happy medium. It is. I, I don't know. I, to me, Papa John's is kind of, kind of mediocre. Okay, I'm Besi- a Donatos guy. Donatos. Is that the square pieces? Those are the thinner, thin crust. Yeah, right? cut by like squares, not like the triangles. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. No. I think there's a time and place for every type yeah. of pizza. Deep dish, I ne- I had some good deep dish in Chicago, but it wasn't as like like pie crusty. Or it was a, I mean, it's Chicago pizza, so it's good. But I expect deep dish to be full of shit, mm-hmm. not like a lower, smaller layer at the bottom. For me, though, when I eat my pizza, I don't want to have to like get a... Like a, a pie? Well, I just don't want to have to get a fork and knife and put like a freaking napkin in my shirt and like make this big old event out of it. Like I want to grab a slice of pizza and shove it in my mouth with my hands. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Who cuts up pizza with a fork? With Ch- well, the, Chicago Deep Dish, you BG, have to. there was that. Do you ever go to that pizza place that goes down? Uh, Miles? Yeah. I never did. Okay. I know what Lauren and the parents and I went there once and it was basically like a pie. Like, yeah. You know, it's pizzas are called pies but this was literally like a pie yeah and it was like two inches of like filler like pepperonis for two inches all around and then just cheese it was so much shit i like it but you also have like clogged arteries after yeah but oh god you're talking me into pizza man order a papa john's tonight man 
Treat yourself, right? It's Friday. You had a, you had a tough week. You earned this. Yeah. Play some good games tonight. Have a good time. Put on some. Six. Yeah. You know, pizza don't, night. Don't sleep. Uh, I'll probably pick wings actually, but I mean, I order wings way more than I do pizza. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm picking pizza. You're picking wings. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, we got another no, question here really from Hungry. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, we're wrapping up the recording <laughs> soon. It's all good. You can eat soon. Uh, Josh Prep um, recently joined the Discord, and gosh, what a great presence! Thank you for joining, Josh. It's always fun to to hear from you. And he says, with the announcement of the Lego Luigi set coming soon. What Lego set, video game, or whatever you may be passionate about would you like to see? Personally, he would love a Game Boy Lego set announced with Mm. different colored variations to choose from along with what cartridge you get to build. What a brilliant idea. That would be so freaking cool if Nintendo partnered with Lego. I guess probably I haven't seen the Lego Luigi set, but I'm assuming Nintendo's partner with Lego for that that would be really neat if they did that for even the nintendo 64 like i would love a three-dimensional like lego set on my uh my desk here with a you know a copy of dk64 or something Hmm. okay so what lego set ryan whether it's related to a video game or a movie is there a lego set out there that either exists or doesn't exist that you really really want well the one that i always liked and i'm never gonna pay for it it was that like five thousand dollar millennium falcon oh yeah which is just like thousands of pieces i settled on the smaller one for like 150 which is in my bedroom still pretty big though it's still pretty big yeah it's just not the intense like i i saw an instagram video of this dude who had made the big one and then put it underneath his glass table in like his living room. Mm. It was like kind of a display case, but also like you could eat off the glass top, and it looked really crisp. Um, but for like a game room, I would love like a Pikachu figurine, like a maybe a f- maybe a foot and a half long with like the tail. And then, like, a foot tall. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be really cool, like, next to my computer. Yeah, I like that. Um, So, for me, I think, ideally, we would, like, literally just demolish this wall between the game room and the room next to us. And we'd have, like, a seven-bedroom house and not the current four-bedroom that we have, just so that I could make my game room a little bit bigger. Yeah. So, this would be the game-specific room. You're just annexing the guest room. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Crimea. And then the the room next to us would kind of just not only be a theater room, but it would kind of be a just a celebration of film but i would love to get like all of the major sets of the lord of the rings in lego form mm. so the shire minas tirith helms oh. deep minas morgul like i want kind of all. like that box in the middle of the room like an island except it's like the actual terrain exactly and so i would want oh, almost fuck. like the map of middle earth in the center of my theater room that's way better than mine and like I, we typically i you know i one up you so it's just the way it goes here but. wow it's fucking it's been a month and i just dropped the ball with a fucking pikachu (laughs) you're like i want like a topical map of middle earth (laughs) shit ryan's like yeah i might like a mew in my room yeah Yeah, just swinging from the ceiling or whatever Um, but yeah that's way better i like that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah man have you seen some of the star wars rooms where they have like all of the ships and like memorabilia around in like a man dungeon i have not seen that no it's beautiful oh my gosh So good. Uh, what a cool cool question. Definitely yeah, really like that. get in on the Discord. If, if you're there's a Lego set that you dream about that you lose, lose sleep over, 
let us know. I, well, I think the the main issue that I have Legos in our old age. Like I, I feel for our parents because plastic wise, probably like four or five bucks. Oh yeah, and. For a hundred and fifty dollar Lego set, you're like, hey, can I have a Millennium Falcon for Christmas? Our parents are probably like, oh god, fuck. Legos are expensive, really expensive, yeah. So, yeah, I think the biggest Lego set my parents ever got for me was that drop ship from Clone Wars. Oh yeah, I really like that one. Um, that or Episode One, the ship that they with the Gungan and um, a little starfighter. Well, yeah, no, it's uh, Qui Gon Jinn, uh, little. Fish dude, fuck. What is his it? name? Is Jar Jar? Jar <laughs> Jar and Obi Wan. They go underneath the planet in that blue speeder. There's always a bigger fish, man. Yeah, the, yeah, that thing. I have one of those. I've seen Star Wars. Cool. Mm-hmm. I fish dude is Jar Jar now, <laughs> the Sith Lord. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they're expensive. Yeah. I think that's the main thing stopping me from getting more. Definitely a pretty significant barrier yeah. to entry there. Uh, I agree. Uh, so last question we're going to wrap up the show with is we've mentioned him like 14 and a half times here. Blink, he says one gaming related question and one non gaming related question. The first one he has here is I find myself missing the true bite sized handheld gaming experience more and more lately. Games on systems like the DS and GBA were so distinct and separate from their console counterparts. And those libraries are filled with original and creative ideas. It felt safer to take risks and made room for weirder games that explored a single concept. Games could really go in on one idea because they were often designed with shorter playtime in mind. These days, it feels like a quote-unquote handheld gaming, as in games with that unique handheld flavor, is fading away. Do you think the Switch satisfies your itch for handheld gaming? And if not, what would you like to see in a new, true handheld gaming device? a really good question do you have any immediate thoughts ryan yeah i don't think it does um and i think it has to do with the ports mm. i mean we've got these big triple a games i mean you're playing skyrim which is i mean previously would be on your xbox or your playstation and the ability i mean even monster hunter i mean monster hunter started out as a handheld and it probably has to do something with the screens, but also the the larger AAA games coming as ports. Yeah. That doesn't give me the same level of... I'd say it's more nostalgia. Um, that's why I went out and bought the um, SP, my Game mm-hmm. Boy Advance SP. Mm-hmm. One, I always wanted one. I had just gotten a Game Boy Advance before this, and there was no need for me to ask her like, for Christmas for an SP because it seemed like a duplicate. Um, but I love that backlight. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, I, my vision's probably worse for it. I mean, your vision's obviously worse for it as you're wearing oh, glasses 100%. right now. Yeah. But I, th- I think that crunch, I mean, that's why I love the smaller, top-down, sprite size Pokemon games so much more than these stretched out, trying to be these elaborate games. Like, I always go back to, like, Silver Version or the originals. Mm-hmm. Be, it, it just it's such a better feel for yeah no nah, i'm with you a thousand percent you know i think similar to my comments about Ballet and wonder world and, and now i can make the comparison to tamarin as well 
you really only have these big AAA experiences. Mm-hmm. And I know the eShop on the Switch has like six and a half million games, but to sift through all of that and try and find a couple gems would take you a lifetime and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And with the Nintendo DS, or really with the Switch, you know, prior to that, Nintendo always had a console, like a home console, yeah. and then they had a handheld console. So they were always investing in two really separate demographics and building games specific for a handheld experience versus a console, home console experience. And so now that they've integrated the two, for me, I, you know, and I'm kind of at a season in my life too where I much prefer to play games on a couch. Yeah. You know, looking at my big TV, the trophies. playing some, well, that too, I think has had an influence on it. But for me, I kind of want that console gaming experience. But I also think it's one of those things that if there was more there on the Switch that I felt like, well, something like Breath of the Wild, I'm not going to play that handheld. I need to play that docked with a controller. And then something like, you know, back on the, I'm all over the place with the answer to this question, but I feel like with the DS and Wii generation, for every dra- Dragon Quest Eleven, you had a Dragon Quest, mixing my words here, for every Dragon Quest Eleven, you had a Dragon Quest Rocket Slime, a super obscure game, or Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. For every Twilight Princess or um, Skyward Sword, mm-hmm. you had a Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. You had weird games like Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. Games like... You had a Grand Theft Auto game on the Nintendo DS where you would use the touchscreen to basically traffic drugs. Like, nice. That's insane. Teaching kids on Nintendo. Well, I mean, like even the PSP. I think the PSP was the biggest. I would say would retain that feel mm-hmm. with the the capabilities of a more powerful system. In the Vita, for that matter. Yeah, the Vita. I'm, the Vita is basically a PS3 shoved down to a screen. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think the Vita passes that threshold um i would say that the the ds is to your point and the wii had a more impact as the combination than the switch does Mm -hmm. um but like yeah being able to play a jankier version of vice city on the psp like it i don't know it, it I don't want our answers to be corrupted by nostalgia, which they definitely could be, because I'm sure the next generation, when they're playing on like 18K on a handheld, will look back at the Switch and be like, oh, that fucking fossil of a system, and they'll feel probably the same way, but yeah, I think, I I don't know, I really like the 16-bit graphics (laughs) and moving into this, like that's why Celeste and that's why Terraria scratched an itch i I think i think yeah blink hits the nail on the head though when he says it felt safer to take risks back then and i think i think think to to build upon that too i think the sense of discovery when you were younger walking into a store and whether you were sifting through boxes of game boy color games or nowadays when you walk into a mom and pop shop or you're at um, a gaming convention in a post-covid world where you have a box full of game boy games you're always going to find something that you're like, wow, I've, I've never seen this before. But the mm-hmm. chances of you going to a GameStop or a Best Buy or a whatever other store nowadays and looking at the Switch library, the chances of you seeing a game and being like, whoa, I never well, saw I, I've never think, seen this before. I think the digital stuff also fucks with that as well. I mean, because right now, if you were to go and say, oh, I want to dig through Switch games, it's all behind glass. Or you can go in the digital store and find more obscure stuff. But like back in our day, 
back in our day, when we were hunting buffaloes in the wild. Did we do that? We're digging through. I did. Okay. Yeah. Living in the uh, little house in the prairie. But no, like, we got to, for those really older, I mean, for the older Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games, we actually physically got to dig through piles of games. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like... I mean, you're never going to dig through a pile of Switch games. They're just, they're afraid you're going to steal them. Mm-hmm. Game Boy, I mean, it's just a different experience all in its totality. It just all around is totally different. No, it is. And I think a lot of that too has to do with the internet and, you know, people like us and certainly most of the people that listen to this show, your visibility into the games that are coming out, your knowledge of the games that are coming out is significantly more robust than the average person so the chance of you walking into really literally any store and seeing a switch game and being like whoa that seems really obscure and weird and wacky and like nothing i've ever seen before i'm gonna take a risk and pay 60 dollars to get this game it just doesn't really happen anymore and i think that's a testament to the times we find ourselves in because i think similar to ps5 and series x you're not gonna find that much more on those consoles either you know it's just a different time and when you had literally two consoles psp and ps2 ps3 and vita and ps4 whatever and then you had ds and wii wii u and 3ds or whatever there was just a more significant library to uh get lost in you yeah. know and it was far easier to go into stores or go onto the e-shops and find something that was just so far out of left field, and particularly the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy, that you never would have seen before because you didn't read about it in a magazine, yeah. you didn't see your best friend post about it on Twitter, and you didn't see it come up on a YouTube video by one of the most popular YouTube video yeah, uh, YouTube, you'd, I mean, YouTubers. Even on MySpace, like, YouTube wasn't around. I mean, the most you had to help you through tough games were GameFAQs and CheatCC. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... God, we sound like ancient people, but like, yeah, it was just such a different time that because you had so like the discovery aspect, like you were saying, is you had such low visibility that everything was a gem potentially. Yeah. And like digging through, you didn't know anything about any of these games, whereas now you can turn on a trailer at a couple clicks of the button on YouTube for any game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of the mystery is gone in that hunt. And I don't want to get into it now, but it definitely gets even more challenging when it's you you might make a comment that, well, it's still fun to go into the mom and pop shops and sift through and find some of these these gems in the rough on the Game Boy Color or the N64 or the PS1 or the PS2. But game collecting and prices have never been crazier. Like, I don't know if you're in tune with what's going on right now with PS3 game prices, but even PS4, PS2, PS1, anything Nintendo, of course, it is heat reaching an all-time high, and it's it's getting scary. And I don't know if we're going to see like a stock market drop with prices. I think certain consoles, we could potentially see things begin to level off, but... Like the original stock market or just the game stock market? Oh, that was... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, not oh, okay. the actual stock market. Like the legit, it's inflated as well. Yeah, but I was yeah making a reference to video games. Suck a dick, Dow. <laughs> um, something like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it it is crazy out there. But great question, Blank. It's it's something that I think we can make an entire episode uh, talking about. Is just the difference of back then on the Game Boy Color, Game yeah. Boy DS, and even 3DS. The sense of discovery was just so much different than it is now. And and that's not to in any way say we've we've sounded so negative. The Switch is an 
crazy good console. The library of games on it is so extensive. There's something there for literally everybody, whether you're a fan of JRPGs, platformers, action games, whatever it is, there is something there for you. Um, but again, it's those weird, wacky games like Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars or Okami Den or Dragon Quest Rocket Slime. You see less of that than you did back on the, the DS and 3DS. Yeah, I mean, I would almost consider Dead Cells to be a risk. Or I mean, like, I don't know if in I wouldn't t- I don't know if indie and risk are tied together, but they definitely have more to lose because they have less to invest. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like Hades is a risk. Dead Cells. 100%. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of, I guess, quote-unquote hidden gems that are making its way more into the mainstream, which I yeah. think is great. Um, there's stuff like Golf Story on you know, the Switch. I don't know if we need to protect the Switch. It's like the fastest-selling console ever. Yeah. So, and but it's, yeah. It's, it's not... It's I don't think different. it was a question of the, 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 the Switch's quality or the quality of the library. It was just kind of the, I think, to Blink's point... Um, Finding the more weirder, obscure yeah. games that you're not finding as often on the Switch. There's yeah. there's definitely some weird and obscure stuff there, just not in the you know excessive quantities we saw on yeah. Game Boy, Game Boy. And Color. then I also think like the GameStops and stuff, they're trying to put out front what is most likely to sell. Yeah. So you're not going to find the wackier uh, games on the Switch as you would in Game Boy World. No doubt. Yeah. So we can get like Ducktales, which seems like it could be interesting, but I mean. Yeah, it's all a product of its time. Yeah, for sure. So definitely, if you have any thoughts on this, write into the show, Podcast at gmail.com, or get in on the Discord. I would love, because this is just a fun topic to discuss, and yeah. again, Ryan and I could go on for hours, but what do you say we get to the final question here from Blank? Yeah. He says, outside of gaming, what's one hobby that people don't really know you have? And if you don't have many other hobbies, no worries, I don't either, then what's a hobby you would like to try someday? Hmm. I, I mean, I think my other only main hobby that I do is painting. Yeah. Um, and it's I probably don't fit the stereotype of painting, but yeah, it's the one that I'm relatively good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides RuneScape, which awesome. No, oh, yeah, dude. But yeah, I think that would be the main one. Um, as far as hobbies, I mean, one hobby I'm failing at is reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. I think audiobooks would be another hobby that through walking the dog, I'd like to broaden my horizons through novels and stuff mm-hmm. through audiobooks. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. So that's one. I like tennis. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that skill has gone away, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, probably tennis and uh, painting. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very good stuff there. Yeah, for me, I think when I was younger, I was a far more avid reader, both as like a young adult, like in middle school, but also well into high school. I read Stephen King novels like there was no nobody's business. Yeah. I would love to get more into that. Like we said, I think earlier in the episode, just after college, I kind of just, I didn't really want to pick up many books, but um, yeah, as I get more into my adult life, like audiobooks sound very enticing. I'd love to go through the Game of Thrones novels. Uh, I would li- like to physically read all of the Lord of the Rings books. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, I'm one of the biggest Lord of the Rings fans, and I've never gone through all of the books outside of The Hobbit. So that's something I would love to kind of uh, correct in my life and and also just getting back into to comics. I also mentioned that earlier. Like, I have so many comics here. 
uh, in this closet over here, but uh, it's rare that I ever pull them off the shelf and actually read them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Graphic novels, the Tintin, the Adventures of Tintin books and and manga as well. Like uh, I would just love to get more into that and put the controller down, take my eyes off the screen and uh, put my nose in a book, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the things it's like for me, I I know I was in like a gaming slump uh, before we recorded a month ago and then Monster Hunter came out, but like try not to monopolize my time that's outside of work with purely video games yeah that's what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. so yeah good stuff yeah i mean the only other thing i'd mention is is not one of my hobbies it's something i would also like to get into is just piano i would love to learn an instrument too mm-hmm. um i don't know if i'm it was always the practice for me um that was my big issue because i tried piano i tried guitar guitar would be a fun one it's just it's I don't I can't move my hands that way. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, piano's a good one. If you can play piano, I'm gonna be here listening to you like all the time once you're good. And In like forty years, <laughs> that's gonna be weird. But you know what? I'll, uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I mean, a violin. I, violin would be one I'd love, but I think I'm past the the pliable part of my brain being there. I love strings. Do or do not, Ryan. There is there no, is no try. try. All right. Uh, well, that is a meaty episode. Yes. If I've ever seen one. We're over the two-hour mark. Thank you so much, everyone, for the questions. Again, if you want to write into the show, there is a Discord chat called The Question Block. Click the link in the show notes. Get in the Discord. Ask us a question. Anything is welcome. But again, we have a liberty to turn it away. You can also send us an audio question at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks once again to Josh Blink and Ryan's computer for turning on. That was, I don't even know if that was me because that doesn't sound like my work. Well, hey, I guess my work computer Scooby wants to say actually has hey. a Windows operating <laughs> yeah. system in his belly. We so. turned him on. He was rebooting, trying to get some updates. Oh, uh, yeah. My goodness. Thank you for the questions, Josh Frantic and then Josh Prep. And thank you, of course, Blank, for the question. Uh, getting a lot of good conversations going. But next week, Ryan and I are going to be back and we're going to be doing a new segment for the show. Uh, I don't want to get too into the details of it, but I'll pitch the name. And if you are a longtime listener of Otaku Brothers, you know something that Ryan and I love bringing up on the show. Maybe me in particular, because it's something that I obsess over. And I don't think an, an Otaku Brothers episode has ever gone by without me talking about music and video games. Well, Dave Grohl too. (laughs) Yeah. He gets a mention every once in a while. Um, so I drew some inspiration from the good friends over at Indie Quest. I was recently on a podcast episode with them talking about Journey, and we also talked about um, some Indie Quest music. Yeah. And so it inspired me to think of a segment that we could do for Otaku Brothers that's not completely ripping off of them, but also building upon what you and I have been doing since day one. It's just listening to good music and video games. Yeah. And so we're titling the segment memory of melodies mm. so kind of the inverse of melody of memories the kingdom hearts rhythm game yeah and uh that's all i'll say for now just think of a music segment that the the, the guys at otaku brothers are going to be doing and it's called memory of melody so i'm super pumped to do it i'm excited i pitched it to ryan earlier today and he was on board with it i mean he was just out of control and excitement he was like you know let's do it tonight and i said we gotta wait 
<laughs> at that speed and that intensity. <laughs> yeah. So we, we got to give the listeners something to anticipate for next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm really excited about it. I'll probably have impressions of near replicant next week. Ryan will have 402 hours in, in uh, RuneScape to, to chat about. So 40 hours a week, baby. <laughs> every single week. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Ryan, as we always do, as we wrap up these podcast episodes, I got to turn it over to you to just, uh, you, you got any uh, parting words for the good listeners? Yeah, so I'm going to start ending the episodes with interesting facts, I'm just spewing my useless knowledge. And this is one of the things I learned when I was like 28 years old because fucking middle school teachers lied to me oh, about no. bear hibernation. I was always told that bears hibernate, they go into a cave and just sleep for like six months. That's not true at all. And I was lied to. I, I was just like, oh, cool. Like, let's, the bears are going to go hibernate. We'll never see a bear during the winter. No, they just eat a shit ton. They just gorge themselves and then they slow down their metabolisms. And then they're just more lethargic and they don't need to eat as much. It's not like a full, like, let's go sleep for eight months. Or like those toads that freeze themselves in the ice for the winter. So they go back to a cave and they just don't eat as much? Yeah, they're just slowed down a bit. Yeah. So feel like after you gorge yourself in like Thanksgiving, you're kind of in that hibernative state, mm-hmm. but you're not going to go sleep for six months. Okay. And then so. did you learn this fun fact by watching a movie on Paramount Plus called Wolf versus Bear? Do, do you think I'm going to pay for Paramount Plus? I like mooched off your shit for like a year. Okay. I was just curious. No. I watched that movie with the Tarkron guys recently and we reviewed it. So. Oh, no. I. Not Paramount Plus. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Well, great fun fact. We're going to have one of those fun facts from Ryan every single week going forward. So you have to listen to the end of the episode because you got to get the fun fact from yeah, Ryan. Yeah, like a box top or the end of a popsicle, just spewing knowledge. <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah.